0: Is that you making all that noise? What? I said, is that you making all that noise?
1: Yes, obviously it's me. Who else would it be? No one else lives here.
0: Well, yes, it's a rhetorical question. What I actually meant was shut the bloody hell up.
1: I can't. I'm looking for something.
0: What could possibly be so important that you've got to disturb my afternoon nap?
1: Afternoon nap? Do you mean afternoon stupor? How many cans of Forex have you drunk?
0: How very dare you! You think all I do is drink, fall over and pass out? I'll have you know I've been working very hard to get the pub back up and running. So what have you been doing to help? Hmm? Besides,
1: it was brutal. I wouldn't touch Forex with a barge pole and you know it. Actually, I am helping. I'm trying to find that bag of jewels we liberated Stole. from the devil. You remember, when we went to hell... And I got us out of there with my fantastic fiddling skills. Okay, so it's this way round, yeah? Simon, relax. (laughs) Whoops, hang on, I had the bow the wrong way round.
0: Listen, if you mess this up, I will stick that fiddle where even a hospital will struggle to remove it.
1: Relax, it'll be fine.
2: That was... that was... incredible.
0: Ne, yeah,
1: I've played better.
0: Well, you learn something new every day. I never knew you had a talent. Any talents, At all. I like to keep a few things back. Yeah, way back. Way, way back. Very well. You have bested me, and never let it be said that I am not a demon of his world. Take my fiddle, and be gone to the land of mortals. But mark. My words, I will see you both again. That's not how I remember it. Really?
1: And how do you remember it?
0: Well, I remember you pushing me into hell to save your own sorry skin.
1: No, it's no good. Just as I suspected, one of us is going to have to carry it across the threshold. What? Like a sacrifice? Yep. I've seen this sort of thing in movies. It's the only way to close the portal and stop the zombie infestation. One of us has got to do the right thing. Off you go. Wait, what? Why me? Because you're brave. You always put others before yourself and always wanted to make the ultimate sacrifice. No, well, I haven't. No, you haven't. But no one's going to miss you. That's a bit harsh. But true. There must be some other way. There isn't. Get moving. But time waits for nobody. But they say that time's a healer. But it's a wasting. Well, OK. I suppose I'd better get on with it. Look, are you sure we've tried everything? Pretty sure, yeah. Go on for the sake of all mankind. What about wouldn't work. Go on. Onwards to the other world. Okay. Here I go. Tell my wife I love her. She's never going to believe that.
0: Oh. Oh, yeah. But uh, tell her it's been fun.
1: <clears throat> okay, okay. Say I said hi. But tell the dog I love her. Better. Do you know, I think I'll miss you. It's been fun doing these podcasts. Really? Yeah, sure. Well, well I'll miss you for game. Why
0: will we be friends? Okay. Here I go. It's a far better thing I do. A far better resting place. Oh, get
1: on with it. Here. Hey, wha-
0: Then used a mad scientist to open a portal? Whatever happened to him, by the way? <laughs> is this, is this is
1: he defies all science I, I shouldn't be here I shouldn't be here not yet anyway no, no I have to get out of here I have to get away come back, you can't run out of hell only Meatloaf has successfully achieved that
0: yes, anyway no idea what happened to him but I used my powers of persuasion to talk our way out hmm, that's definitely not what happened Look, you putrescence. We don't want to be here, so if you'd just let us be on our way. On your way? On your... (laughs) You have already arrived at your
1: ultimate destination.
0: Then we ended up in the jungle.
1: Yeah, I remember that bit. (laughs) Whoa! Where are we? We're not in Derby anymore. Oh, where are we then? Not sure. The only thing I'm a hundred percent positive on is that we're up a tree. Oh, okay. Wow, we're back. We beat Satan. He rescued me from the clutches of hell. Hey, the fiddle's gone. He didn't let me
0: keep it. He cheated. Well, he is the devil, but I can't believe you came for me.
1: Did you really miss me that much? Mm, Miss is not the word I'm thinking of. Friendship. That's the word you're trying to think of. We have an enduring friendship. Yeah. And it seems I'll be enduring your friendship for a long time to come. Hang on a minute. Where the hell has he landed us? All I can see from this treetop is jungle for hundreds of miles in any direction. I have no idea, but it's not Derby. Unless it's the Arboretum.
0: I'm pretty sure the council couldn't afford anything this big. It's not an Arboretum. It's a bloody jungle. We could be halfway around the planet. Well, we won't have a problem getting home. Look what I swiped from the Devil's Treasure Room while you were plucking about. (laughs) <laughs> my God, there must be millions of pounds worth of jewels there. Yep, and as soon as we get down from this tree, we can live like kings. Do you think there are lions? No, lions only roam the plains. Oh, I didn't even know they could fly. Uh, well, what lives in the jungle, then? I think we're
1: about to find out. Yep, but wherever we go, we'll go together. Yeah. Suppose there is a downside to everything. Come on. Where are we going? Uh... But what I want to know is, where did we put those jewels? What do you want them for anyway? I want to sell them to pay for the repairs to the pub after it burnt down. That worked better than I thought. I thought there would at least be a... Christ the flames from that thing started a fire. Where's the extinguisher? Ah, oh, here it is. It's... it's empty. What the... what's this label? Gary's beer chiller. (sighs) Typical. Wow, this is really taking hold. Who would have thought a cellar full of alcohol would be so flammable? I'd better get out of here. Oh, it's going up a treat. Hmm, on the plus side, all the zombies seem to have fallen lifeless to the floor. Well, more lifeless that is. Oi, was this your pub? What do you mean, was? I've never seen a fire spread so quickly. It's
0: really taken hold. There'll be nothing left in moments. Was there anybody in there?
1: No. No one in there. No one in there. Oh, yeah. Hadn't thought of that. That would be kind of useful. Right. So don't just stand there swaying like a badly constructed water feature. Help me find them. Well, where did you see them last? Sort saw the questions that. If I could remember that, I'd go there and
0: look first, wouldn't I? True. They are always in the last place you look for them. Of course they are.
1: Why would you keep looking after you've found them?
0: All right, all right. Calm down. Right, I know. Let's retrace the events after we ended up in the jungle. Maybe that will jog our memory?
1: Hmm, that's not actually a terrible idea. Okay, so we ended up in the jungle... sake, run. I can't. I can't run anymore, please. Please, can we stop? Can, can we stop? There's a village full of poison, dark-wielding natives chasing us. Do you want to stop? Yes. Just just for a bit. Oh, all right, maybe we could have a little picnic while we're at it. That would be great, yeah. Well, there'll be sandwiches. Yeah, and a lovely red and white checked blanket some cloudy lemonade, maybe? No, don't be stupid. I wasn't being serious. There's sandwiches then. No, there won't be sandwiches.
0: Good. I hate sandwiches. Blimey, they're shooting stuff at us now. Run faster. Jack! Jack! Start the engine! Get it out! Jack! Start the engine! Stop the engine, Jack! For
1: a blur. Quick! into the water! Swim to the plane!
0: Help! Can't oh, swim! The water's only a foot deep!
1: Oh yeah! Quick! Into the plane! There's only one on the seat! We'll share. You get in first, you're more pushing.
0: Off we go! There's a packed lunch in this plane, Jack! Oh! That's just my croc, monsieur. A croc? Looks like a sandwich to me. It is ham and cheese. I hate ham and cheese, Jack. I hate it.
1: Will you calm down from your sandwich-related breakdown? How did you know this plane will be here, and how did you know his name was Jack?
0: I didn't. I just saw the plane and shouted the first name that came to mind. He seems to be an amenable kind of guy, though. He didn't start the engine, and he hasn't thrown us out yet.
1: Yeah. Bit of luck, really. We never usually get a break. How on earth do we get into this mess? Well, if you cash your mind back five hours... Five hours earlier. Oh, Oh, jeez. Have they got spears? We're going to die.
0: Oh, no. I meant earlier than that. Before all the running.
1: Oh, do you mean?
0: Five hours and twenty minutes earlier.
1: (coughs) I cannot believe the devil just dropped us in the middle of a jungle just because I beat him at fiddling. We could be anywhere. Literally, anywhere. What are you screaming about? There's insects everywhere! Of course there are! It's a jungle! I hate insects,
0: nasty, creepy, crawly things. In fact, I hate everything to do with jungles. I swore I'd never set foot in a jungle again.
1: Again? When have you ever
0: been in a jungle?
1: Are there a lot of jungles in Nottingham then?
0: No, don't be ridiculous. I have the jungle in my blood. My father was brought up by lions, you know.
1: Really? I did not know that. You mean like, like Tarzan or, or Maugi or something? Well, well, when I say
0: bought up, I think regurgitated is the correct technical term for what happened. Mm,
1: Mm. Damn mosquitoes! I'm being eaten alive out here! You're being eaten alive? Look at the size of the one that landed on my shoulder! Yes, well, that's a parrot. Ah! What? Oh! Gary, Gary, just, just, just come here. What? Ow! Pull yourself together, man. That hurt. It was supposed to. Listen, we have to find our way back to civilization. If you mean back to Derby, then I think you're using the word civilization incorrectly. And I wasn't crying. I have something in my eye. Yeah, you know, I'll have something upside your head if you don't calm down. You know what I mean. We need to get out of this jungle. Oh, okay. In that case, it's this way. What? Why that way? See,
0: see the moss on the woodish ends of this tree? That means the people are over there because that's the way the sun rises and people always like to look away from the sun.
1: Hmm, oh, it sounds like you've been drinking but there isn't any alcohol. Hmm, well, as odd as it sounds, that's better than sitting here doing nothing. Alright, lead on.
0: This is so... What's the word I'm looking for? Green. Nah, well, yes, that too. But I was thinking of, um, jungly? Jungly, yeah, that's the word. Jungly.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this? Let me see. I'm an expert on ancient history. Really? Okay then, Howard Carter. What is it? Hmm,
0: well, judging by the crannulated roof and... Look, see the pillars, along the front, down there, the base? Mm -hmm. Based on the general weathering, I would say that, yes, I'm almost certain that it's a ruined temple. Ooh, can we
1: look inside? What? No. Why? There might be a cafe. We could get coffee and a cake. Yeah, doubtful. I would say it's probably too covered in vines and too fallen over to have a cafe. And before you ask, no, I don't think it'll have a gift shop. Oh, Shame. You know how I love exploring and looking for treasure?
0: Remember when I found all those Roman coins with my metal detector? Pity the authorities wouldn't let me keep them, though.
1: Well, we were in the National History Museum at the time. It's still cows. It shows our nose for where treasure is kept. Yeah, in museums, in glass cases. We're not going in. We need to find a way home. But I also need the toilet. Just go behind a tree. There isn't going to be a public loo in
0: there. I'm not going out there. You saw the size of that mosquito. Parrot.
1: You don't know what might be lurking out there. All right, you must. But don't take too long. Don't touch anything you aren't supposed to and remember to wash your hands afterwards. It's dark in here, but there's some light up ahead. I'm heading for that. What can you see? I
0: think I found a light switch. It's a bit big and old fashioned though. I'm
1: going to pull it Hmm a light switch? Never in temple. Don't pull it! <laughs> Gary Gary, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. A spinning blade
0: shot out of the wall. Did he miss you? Uh, mostly. <coughs> I'll be fine. I wasn't really using that bit anyway. I don't think it was a light switch. What else can you see? Not much. It's still dark. There's something coming towards me. Waddling. It's a penguin. What? A penguin. Oh, come here, little fella. What are you doing all the way up here? Oh, Are you. Get off! Get off me! Get off me, you monochromatic psycho! Get off me! God is rabid! Get off me, you little... stay off! Who you knew a penguin could be so vicious? I hate penguins now!
1: Uh, are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Just remember to stay clear of the penguin. Oh, Ooh, do you think this is one of those uh, magical temples that shows you all the things you hate the most? So that you can overcome your fears and live unshackled by the burdens of your immortality, Um, probably not. Why not?
0: Because if it was, you'd be down here and you'd be eating a sandwich. Oh, now I see a large open area and what looks like a walkway with faces carved onto the
1: side. Some sort of pedestal in the distance. Something gleaming down there.
0: It's probably your urinal.
1: Don't pull any more levers. I know
0: that. I'm an idiot. I mean... I'm not an idiot. I'm just going to walk towards it now. Ow! What is it? Nothing. Just some sort of prank. I think it might be Candy Camera. There are darts coming out of the wall. All right, very funny. Smile, you're on Candy Camera. Yes, I get it. Is this the part where Peter Funk comes out and we realise it was all a big joke. ow, 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 ow! ow! ow!
1: G. It's more beagles about than Noel's gotchas. Nobody young or outside the UK will get that reference. Never stopped us before. OK, I'm on my way out. <coughs>
0: oh, made it.
1: Uh, are you OK?
0: Never better. Why?
1: Oh, nothing. Here, you've got something stuck <coughs> in your head. Ow! What's that you picked up? Oh, I dunno.
0: Some sort of, uh, fluke thing. How disappointing. Probably worthless.
1: Well, it's out of tune. You're out of tune. Hey, there's no need for- Wait, what's that noise? Uh, well, (laughs) they don't think it's worthless. Run! We're ahead of you!
0: Oh jeez, have we got spears? We're going to die! And that's how we came to be here. I mean,
1: I was there. Why are you telling me this? I thought you might have forgotten. Hardly. So, while we fly off to wherever we're going... Jack, where are we going? My name is not Jack, and we are flying to Primavera. Oh good, I like a nice soft cheese. As I was saying, while we fly and we've got some time to kill, why don't we do a podcast? Jack, how many parachutes have you got? Big hello and welcome to all our listeners. (laughs) All our listeners. I know you always say that, don't don't you? Like we've got a lot of listeners. Yeah. Welcome to the Revelation Station podcast. This episode we are going to be talking about Gary? I don't know. You just keep dragging me into these things. What are we here for, Simon? Well, we're going to be talking today about Peter Gabriel's third album, sometimes known as Melt. Melted. Melt, which is incidentally what we are doing today because it's so hot in this jungle.
0: Yes, once again, Simon's making me do a podcast in excessive heat. Mm, Well, not much choice, really, because we're in the jungle. Obviously we are, as uh, all our listeners are quite clearly aware. We yes. are definitely, definitely in a jungle. <laughs> we are, it's a bit
1: dangerous. We're here to talk about Peter Gabriel's third studio album. Peter Gabriel's third studio album. Shall we crack straight into this business with some interesting facts? Just the facts, mammy So, here's the first fact I've got for you. This album was released on the 30th of May, 1980. It was recorded in summer and autumn of 1979 in Bath, Peter Gabriel's home didn't you know that and in London good it became Peter's first number one album in the UK it stayed at number one for two whole weeks it got to number 22 in the USA Billboard charts that's not bad it's considering not bad, you know off the back of Genesis mm-hmm. where he's where he's currently working because this is just you know it's
0: not many years after he left Genesis well no
1: it's five years yeah
0: so I mean and the two previous albums weren't massive hits around no. the world were they not even in, in the UK or Europe no. where Genesis have you know had usually big crowds mm-hmm. at gigs and stuff so that's
1: where his, his support is and now yep. he's in the states and he's basically cracking the states there well exactly and it's even more impressive because peter's american record label atlantic refused to release the album over there <laughs> yes i know I've, I've read
0: about this yes it was an executive called john colodna mm-hmm. who got to hear the demo tapes and went back to atlantic and went yeah this is not going to be sellable yeah we need to drop him."
1: There's an interesting bit in Without Frontiers which is the authorized Peter biography in which Gail Colson Peter's manager at the time said that John Kalodner didn't like the demos or the toilet facilities at the recording studio and so he went back to Amit Ertegun the head of Atlantic Records and said, we know this is not an album we should release. Mm. Funny thing about that is it was then picked up by Mercury, mm-hmm. who then released it. Massive, massive hit. Yeah. And Colonna then went on to, I can't which, which uh, music's... Geffen. So Was it Geffen? David Geffen knew Peter Gabriel um, and was uh, set up his own record company, Geffen Records, and signed Peter's... Fourth album basically, then bought the rights to re release Peter Gabriel III, and John Kolodner worked for Geffen. So, yeah, so John Kolodner basically said we shouldn't release it. Gail Colson, Peter's manager, took the finished album to Atlantic and played it for Amit Ertigan and the other. Head of Atlantic Records, whose name I forget, and Anna Urtigan basically asked to, after listening to it, said to Gail, "As Peter had a breakdown while he's recording this album, that's kind of understandable.
0: Yeah, uh, when you listen to the album, mm-hmm. listen to the way it's put together, and listen to the, some of the tracks, and listen to the lyrics, yeah, because." I know we're going to come on to this eventually anyway but this album is kind of looking at the human psyche
2: mm.
0: on, it on many levels yes uh, it's not just it's not just a collection of stories which you sometimes get in an album different tracks on here are exploring different aspects mm. of mentality and, and society and people's relation to society and society's relation to people yeah all of that is covered on this album so you can understand why some of them are going <laughs> uh this is a bit of a deep dive yeah are you sure you want to do this we kind of want a pop record
1: yeah exactly and they just declined they, they said well we'll give you this album back and then we'll have the option on your next album and gail colson just went yeah no don't think so. So, at Atlantic, rather than releasing this record, dropped Peter from the roster to their loss, indeed, <laughs> because it became his biggest-selling album up to that point. But I sense that's not the end of your factness. It so, is not your fact, Highness. It is not. Four singles were released from this album. Only three of them were released in the UK. Okay, which one wasn't released? Because out of that, the four singles we had,
0: "Games Without Frontiers," yeah, "No Self Control," yeah, I don't remember. And Biko. So which
1: one didn't get released? Well, I don't remember. It was actually the fourth, and that was the one that wasn't released in the UK. Oh, right, which is weird. That was because released. Because that's probably, out of all of the tracks, that's probably the most poppy. Hmm. I suppose so, yeah. I mean, that was released in the US and Canada as a single. And a live version was released a few years later from the Play's Live album in the UK, but it didn't get anywhere. Mm Oh, right. But yeah, so the the three in the UK were Games Without Frontiers, No Self-Control and BK. And all of those were big hits as well. Yeah, most of them. I mean, Games Without Frontiers was a huge hit. Still is a huge hit. You still hear that on the radio. Yeah, I mean, that that still is his joint best-selling single, along with Sledgehammer. Um, I think they both got to number four in the mm. UK charts. But it's pretty impressive going for an album that his record company in America didn't even want. Considering when you take it into account
0: the previous two albums mm. which weren't massive successes. Yeah. And he's got relatively four good singles off this which mm-hmm. were relatively good yeah.
1: successes. Um, I mean the John Colodno we've mentioned wanted Peter to sound more like the Doobie Brothers because the Doobie Brothers were big for Atlantic at that point. To be fair, nothing sounds like the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, The Doobie Brothers are out there pretty
0: much. I mean, they have a particularly unique sound. So asking another band to go, can you do
1: a Doobie Brothers? No.
0: It's just not going to work, is it? It's not going to happen. Especially with a voice like
1: But especially somebody like Peter Gabriel, who is, when told something like that, is going to do the exact opposite. Yeah, he's going to go against the grain, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's going to just completely turn that around and say, oh, you want me to sound like Doobie Brothers, do you? Well, here's some discordant elephant noises that I found recorded. That's the next single. And interestingly,
0: I mean, you say, run about there, that Pete will do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And that is one of Peter's mantras on this album, isn't it? He went into, a lot of the musicians said, you can't do this. Yeah. And they went against him by trying to find a different way of doing things, so yeah. they ended up with a completely unique sound sound yeah. on this album. Some of that Some of those musicians went on to carry that sound onto other yes. uh, projects that they were doing. yes um, so so the, this is the start of a certain movement in music, which we will come on to during, during the rest of this podcast. Really.
1: Well famously, Peter mm. said no symbols on this album. he did, which is what led to Phil Collins and Hugh Padgham and Peter creating that famous drum sound that mm. Phil would then use as his... effectively uses his trademark. The integrated. gated drums. The gated drum sound.
0: Interestingly, when, when Pete went up to Phil and says, Phil, I don't want you to use the cymbals, mm-hmm. Phil turned around and said, well, what do you want me to do with the, my other hand? Yeah. And said, otherwise, you could yeah. just take the cymbal away. Yeah. I mean, literally, just pull it off and throw it in a But it on.
1: wasn't a case of just taking the cymbal away because by instinct... You Phil would go you would for, would for go that position. The yeah. Yeah. So... Peter just put another drum there so that's added to the sound of it but Phil was kind of on board with the idea once he got used to it Mm. the other drummer on the album Jerry Marotta pushed against it and didn't want to do it without cymbals and took a lot of persuading apparently for a drummer
0: it's basically like taking away a part
1: of your it's literally taking away part of your kit well yeah exactly it'd be like a runner running with just one shoe been there, done that (laughs) but like you say Peter's mantra is give musicians absolute freedom and they don't get creative Whereas if you restrict them and tell them they can't do something and they can't do this and they definitely can't do this, they try and find ways around it and become more creative in the process. Mm. And he's done that quite a lot throughout his career. So talking about drums, um, the way Peter wrote this album changed significantly from his previous two albums. He basically he got hold of a little drum machine, uh, which is called a paella, which was very cheap at the time, about 60 quid. Even then, that was cheap for a drum machine. Um, and he played with that, and he basically... He wanted the songs to be based on the rhythms and the drums, and then add the melodies and the lyrics afterwards. Okay. So all of these songs were written rhythmically first. That comes across, mm. because the one thing that drives all of these
0: tracks... I think there might be one track on here that isn't like that, but all of the rest of them are driven entirely by the drum. Mm,
1: yeah, by the drums and the percussion, mm. definitely, all of those. Yeah. Um, and the, I kind of... <laughs> Even now, that's an unusual approach, and this sets the sound of this album. It's almost like a drum and bass album. Not really,
0: but I know. I mean, mean, in the way it's being driven by the by the constant beat, rather than by what we normally think of as driving things like guitars and stuff. This is definitely being driven by the bass beat. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you think of something that was that came out about the same time, uh, which was Drama by Yes. Mm. That was very much melody-driven, yeah. keyboard-driven. Even Duke came out around then, mm. and that was very song-based, melody-driven. And then the last album we covered in this podcast called Spectral Mornings. Yeah. That was very much melody, song It was, yeah. The sound of this album set Peter apart from lots of other artists of the time. There weren't really any other artists doing rhythm based mm. music so so my my spider
0: sensors tell me you've got a few more facts that you want to bore me uh interest me
1: with <laughs> there's always more facts I know I you'll know. never escape on, the fa- facts Facts Facts. me up, never me up. escape the facts loads of guest musicians on this album really yeah apart from Phil who we've already mentioned you can't miss Kate Bush you can't miss Kate Bush obviously Paul Weller's on this album he is not he totally is I'm not going to spoil which song he's on but Paul Weller's on this album is this going to be one you're going to tell us as we're doing
0: it mm-hmm. Paul Weller's on this <laughs> yep.
1: is that how you do it yeah so I'm going to do it cool Robert Fripp did a few guitar bits he on did, this did not he yeah um and then you've got dave gregory who was at the time in xtc um and is most recently been known for being in big big train
0: as mid would say this means nothing to me
1: you don't know who xtc are vaguely making vaguely. plans for nigel sergeant rock's gonna help me uh, is he yeah Good. oh man you you need to get some musical education XTC. I thought that's why we were doing this podcast. Yeah, well, maybe we should do XTC. Don't you next. make me listen
0: to XTC. They're great.
1: XTC. Oh, but XTC being a kind of post punk. But that's band, what the time was, not it? 80s. But early you know, 80s, you know, Dave Gregory and Paul Weller being on this album shows what high regard Peter was held by the punk, not necessarily punk, but the new wave guys. Yeah, because... Can you imagine Paul Weller being asked to be on Genesis's album or Steve Hackett's album? He would have laughed them out of the room. He probably would have, actually. laughed yeah. them out of the room. But Peter Gabriel comes in and says, oh, do you want to come and play some guitar with me, Paul? And Paul's like, do I? Cough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dave Gregory was a big Genesis fan anyway. Who's Dave Gregory? Guy out of XTC. Oh, yeah. He also was in Big Big Train until couple of years ago who's the guitarist in Big Big Train he's worked with loads of people Steve Hogarth uh, Big Big Train uh, some other people I think he might have been in the porcupine tree as well but I'm not sure Might get him out yeah uh, anyway so there's lots, lots of guests on this and some of them are very surprising um, it was produced by Steve Lillywhite and Hugh Padgham who just produced XTC's Drums and Wire album which was their breakthrough album okay that was their third album um, so they were quite a young team although Hugh Padgham had worked with E.L.P. and Gentle Giant as an engineer in the seventies. Now I know those bands. Yes, it's because you're old and you're a dinosaur. It's because I've got all their albums. Yes. Mm. Hugh Padgham, of course, famously went on to produce Face Value for Phil Collins. Wow, he a couple of times with Phil Collins. How. Uninteresting. Oh, no, <laughs> you know how much I like face value. I do know how much you like that. Mm-hmm. Steve Lillywhite, most famous for working with you two, and Steve Lillywhite also also married to Kirsty McCock Come Lights, on, I can, I can sense you've got more Lights. facts. Keep going. Keep going. Hello. <laughs> this is the first album that Peter used a Fairlight synthesizer on. Not the Fairlight synthesizer, yes, which was very very big in the eighties. What, like six foot long? Yeah, probably. Okay, um, but it was the first sampler that could be commercially available. Um, Peter liked it so much. He offered to do the UK distribution and set up a company to distribute them in the UK. He must have made a fortune because they were everywhere done. at that yeah. time. I think it was him and his brother-in-law set up a company, and they must have raked it after Genius. that. Genius, yeah. Because every band ever at that time yeah. had a sampler. Yeah, you couldn't get
0: out. You could. There was every album going was using them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he's quids in some of the tracks on this album debuted in the 1979 tour he played a few rough versions of those on there one of them is i don't remember which um actually got its first ever broadcast on radio one because they broadcast a set from the reading festival in 1979 wow and i think i even might have a bootleg copy of that in which case here's a clip of i don't remember from 1979 reading festival album it's called the tour of china 1984 of course it was where was it <laughs> dudley yeah well <laughs> it started in essex of course no, it did i wasn't far out there started in exeter university sorry not essex um, it was called he called it the tour of china 1984 because everybody at the time was obsessed with trying to tour china um, this was just after jean-michel jar had done i was literally tour. just thinking yeah. that um, why he called it the tour of china 1984 i think is just a little bit of a joke must have been confusing with <laughs> the T-shirts. Yeah, well, yeah. Tour
0: of China. Yeah. Date one Dudley. Yeah. Date two Birmingham. <laughs> Date three Leicester.
1: But the um, the tour booklet was apparently fashioned after Chairman Mao's Little Red Book. That's genius. Yeah, that is genius. <laughs> yeah. So it was designed for that. Um, it didn't actually go to China. <laughs> That's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> it started. Like I say it started next. Year. It went around the UK and the USA. Um, it ended up in. Europe in France in October 1918. Wow. So you say it was in France. Did he do the whole of Europe or just France? Yeah, most of Europe you did. So mm. Germany, S- Sweden, where else is there in France, Europe, I don't you know. You're not I'm not very well travelled. No wonder you're a Brexiteer. Helsinki. No wonder you've got the badge on saying I'm, I'm a Brexiteer. Not. I'd just like to put the record straight, listeners, I'm not a Brexiteer. <laughs> you're a musketeer. <laughs> I might be a musketeer. I, I was firmly for the UK staying in Europe. Hmm. Anyway, um, the tour, the band for the tour, all dressed in the same sort of jumpsuits as a nod to Chairman Mao's, you know, the famous <laughs> blue jumpsuits. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. they weren't blue, but they were all the same jumpsuit, toiler jump suit, suit something. Yeah. And Peter made his way through the crowd at the start of the gig. So the band starred on the stage, and Peter started at the back of the auditorium and made his way through the crowd often climbing over people and literally climbing over people um to get to the stage all the while singing intruder that could that could be interesting and risky depending on the
0: crowd yes exactly so that was quite i've been some i've been i've been to a lot of
1: gigs and there are some gigs you wouldn't i didn't even want to be in the crowd mm. well i seem to remember going to see fish years ago on his first tour oh in, not an aquarium. in nottingham um yeah we're going to see some fish. <laughs> <laughs> they start off in a tank. It was boring <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see, see the singer fish in Nottingham on his first tour or or his second tour. Um, and I seem to remember he started at the back of the auditorium and made his way through. But it was uh, that was at uh, Nottingham Royal Centre, so everybody was seated. Oh. So he just came down the down the aisles. So and it, not wasn't, the stage. it wasn't like Rock City. Were you? No, it wasn't Rock City. No, because you can't even get to the stage once the band starts. No, so yeah. exactly. So uh, he did that. I'm sure I remember him doing that. Interesting way of doing it, but like you say, a bit dangerous. Mm. But apparently, uh, one of, somebody described him, uh, Peter, as being like Gollum clambering over the crowd at the start of the gig to get to I could imagine,
0: because that would fit in well with the tune. Yes. Mm.
1: And it harks, harks back, well, harks forward, I suppose, to later on, where Peter would famously do his lying back and letting the crowd carry him across them.
0: Again, also a risky manoeuvre. <laughs> risky manoeuvre, yeah. Especially if you're not popular. Yeah. I've seen several, well, if you go onto YouTube, you can see lots of lovely videos of people diving into crowds and the crowd partying under Well, there.
1: if you remember, mm. way back... Peter, when he was in Genesis, tried that once, tried leaping into the crowd for them to catch him, and they moved, and he broke his ankle, and now to perform the rest of the tour in a wheelchair. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I'm not saying it's not nice, yeah. but if I was in the crowd, and some rather spotty, bespectacled, or large, shall we say, gentleman yeah. launched himself off the stage, I would be getting out of the way pretty sharply. Yeah, I suppose it would depend
1: how... Big
0: the singer yes. is. is it doesn't matter. I, I, my first thought would not be to put my hands up in the air to catch somebody. Because if he was left to you and everybody else yeah. darted sideways, you'd get crushed. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, my last, my last little thing is the artwork. It's by Hypnosis again. It is. This is the last time Peter would work with Hypnosis. Really? Yes. Storm Ferguson again. Um, it's created by taking a Polaroid and then distorting the picture before it dries. So so manually distorting it. Oh right, okay. So it's it's not generated or anything. It's it's literally Yep. Smearing it. They tried loads of different things. Apparently there's hundreds of Polaroids where they tried different like crumpling up the picture before it was dry, rubbing it with with like erasers or with Nails or with things, so there's hundreds and hundreds of these sort of pictures lying around, apparently. So, you know, that's what you want for the inside sleeve, isn't it? Yes, exactly. That would have be been lovely. Yeah. Well, so, well they call this technique is called crimsography,
0: or because not letting your photo dry before pouring something over <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's another word for it, but
1: it's, it's known as that because the photographer Les Crims created the technique. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so they called it crimsography. Um, so there was so, so his kids go,
0: Dad, what are you famous for? <laughs> and he
1: goes, Really runny photographs. <laughs> yeah, runny pictures, runny eggs. It's not something really to hand down <laughs> to children, is it? <laughs>
0: no, but I'm sure he's very proud of his work.
1: Yes, and to be fair, it's a great album cover. It is a fantastic album cover. Not as good as being abducted in the back of a car. No, true. That's true. That was that was a great cover. Silver shiny eyes. Yeah, um, but th- th- these pictures were colour, um, so they they manipulated the the images, smeared it, whatever, and then they took black and white photos of the manipulated images and that's what made the album covers how difficult were things before digital technology (laughs) exactly yeah so they're old school so yeah so a lot of the single releases were color photos because they just used the color versions of those things but the album obviously to be fair this looks absolutely stunning black and white it does it's a really striking image It's, it's it's one of those images that fits the music on the album because we'll go into this I'm sure in a little bit when we start talking about the actual tracks but the themes of the album are really quite it's not only that but I think it is a it has a Batman reference,
0: does it just follow me on this mm. and I know you don't like following me mm. um, but it's like that whole two-face mm. thing isn't it yeah and that that really blends in with this album because mm. we're seeing two different sides of some mm. arguments or some people yeah you know and it, it kind of has that almost Batman Two-Face thing where you've yeah. got two different identities arguing a point on a track which we sometimes see in the yeah, album
1: yeah but it's it, for me it's it's kind of with the first time you see it it's quite unsettling and almost disturbing but not again that fits in well with this album exactly that fits with the themes of the lyrics not just the theme
0: but the the way the music sounds on this Mm. album it is I mean we're going to go into this as we go on but the music is so discordant in some places and it's harsh and it's almost industrial in its sound um, which is completely unlike a lot of the stuff he's done before yeah or since indeed and I think this is I mean, we're going to come on to this later when we talk about the album, what we think of it. But this album is really where Peter found his feet. Mm. I
1: mean... Yes, definitely. The
0: the previous two albums, he was very experimental. He was doing a lot of different stuff. Mm. And that came across in the albums. They were very
1: mixed. But you say experimental, but the songs on the first two albums were a lot more straightforward songs. Yes, but, but there was lots of different things. But themes. there were lots of different types of songs. Yes. But, but the songs themselves weren't experimental. He was just playing with lots of different styles. Whereas this album, the sounds and the songs don't sound like any genre, really. No, but they
0: all sound very similar. Mm. All, they've all got the same driving beat. Mm. They've all got the same... Some of the tracks on here, are, the sound is so unique. Yeah. Because you've got this driving beat, mm-hmm. and then they've got these weird sounds I mean a lot of the tracks here are minimalist yeah. okay, you've only got two yeah. or three yeah. instruments there's only a couple uh, I don't remember for example uh, you don't remember what stop trying to be funny <laughs> that's my line <laughs> but that one has got almost a full, full band playing yeah. on that but everything else it's just the drums and a few choice instruments mm-hmm. or sound effects yeah. or whatever But the drums drive it. And to be fair, even on I Don't Remember, and I do remember, (laughs) shut up, but even on I Don't Remember, you've still got the driving drums. They drive through everything in this track. So the whole album is almost a concept album Mm. because it's got a continuing theme running through it of that beat. Mm. And we are dealing with different stories of a similar theme, Mm. apart from, I think, Biko. Because the standout... Track on this, mm. not for a good reason that it's a brilliant track, mm. but for the fact that it's completely different to every other track mm. on this album.
1: But I think I think you're right. I think it is. It's not an intentional concept album. No, not it's not a story concept. But it album. But could be construed but that all way. of the songs deal with the dark side of human nature. Even Biko. I I disagree in the fact that you say. Mm. Even you, you, Biko. Disagree, you disagree with me for anything. Anyway, I do. So. I, I, I live to disagree with you. <laughs> it,
0: it brings a little little flutter of joy into my heart. Yeah. No, I disagree with you on Biko because the rest of these tracks on here are subtle looks into different sides of human mm. psyche. Biko isn't. Mm. It's an actual dark side of human yeah, nature. But that, There's see. nothing in Biko made up. It, 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 it's a political statement mm. on a horrific
1: act Which, in in the end, basically helped turn around apartheid. Hmm. But they're all dealing with the darkness of humanity. Biko is an actual, actual thing that happened that was very dark. But all of the tracks deal with the darkness in humanity, even Biko. You see what I'm doing here, people? I mean, I come (laughs) in to do this
0: podcast and I make some valid points and then Simon just reiterates them
1: and pretends they're his. I'm fairly sure that's what I said in the first place. No, it's not. It's really... (laughs) I'm the clever one. No, you aren't. No, you're right, I'm not. <laughs> But that's not the point here.
0: The point is, I made that point, and then you just phrased it in a nice way, whereas I was just babbling and jabbering.
1: Stop saying point, it's disturbing me. <laughs> Sorry, it's these new shorts I'm writing now. <laughs>
0: anyway, the but point yes. is, and I've said point again. Stop saying point. Why am I saying point? What? You... God, I feel like <laughs> Pinky in the Brain. I'm not saying point anymore. <laughs> I was going to say the point is, but, but that's not... <laughs> And that's not the point No, 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 no. Oh god <laughs> what is that point now Anyway This is pointless Moving <laughs> on extraordinarily swiftly Yes Say something else <laughs> Please Because
1: I'm just going to say point So we're agreed It covers the dark side of humanity But we're not going to go into that too Gosh much that. Right yes that's we're not exactly, going to go into too much but, No but because yes. we'll get onto that we'll get to the track But conceptually This works as a whole album Yeah But we'll talk about it later When we get to the end Yeah That's all the facts I've got uh, I haven't got any other facts that are really interesting. No. In fact,
0: I've never said anything. I mean, really you've got
1: pretty much the same band from on this album as from the last two albums. Um, with Tony Levin, only appears on a couple of tracks on bass because he was busy with other projects at the time. Which I think, I don't know if definite, might have been King Crimson getting back together. So you've got another bassist on here called John Giblin on most tracks. You've got Jerry Marotta, as mentioned, on drums and percussion, along with Morris Pert, I think, doing some percussion. You've got Dick Morrissey playing some saxophone. Phil Collins playing some drums on some tracks. Robert Fli- Fripp playing a bit of guitar. Um, Dave Gregory playing guitar as well. Weller, Dave Gregory. Um, and then the most of the guitar on here is David Rhodes. Okay. Uh, who worked... We know, yeah, past, yep. yeah. He's worked with Peter for quite a bit. He worked on this album, his next album, um, but it's pretty much the same band again.
0: There is one thing you could probably yes. clear up for me. Yes, I was looking into this this album, mm-hmm. doing some homework, yes. I know that's going to shock you. J- I know, right? Anyway, the one the one instrument on this album that stands out is the glockenspiel. Yes, it's a xylophone, actually. Is it a xylophone? Thank you. That was part A of my question. Mm-hmm. But part B is I can't find anywhere that says, apart from everybody said percussion, mm. what is it actually a xylophone, mm. or was it a synthesized xylophone?
1: No, it was a real xylophone.
0: OK, because I just looked, and I couldn't find anybody responsible for the xylophone. Yeah. I'm fairly sure it was Morris Pert. I was starting to think, is this another sampled instrument that they're mm. using on it? OK, so is that all the facts?
1: That's all the facts we've got for now. Let's dive straight into the tracks with the first one. Intruder. Intruder. he came, through a window to the studio. I knew you were going to make that joke. And I, 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 d- I had to do that because I knew you were about to do it. <laughs> Damn! Actually, that, that really was. It really was. <laughs>
0: anyway, moving swiftly on yeah. from a terrible joke. From a terrible joke to a not terrible track.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> what an amazing Ooh. piece of
1: creepy, sexy rock art. Well, first of all, what an incredible first thing to hear, that Fit, me, the first that, thing you hear that really
0: sets up the whole album because yeah. you hear that that driving beat through yes. the whole of this album. But this really kicks the album off. What a, this is the track, no matter what you think, this is the track that had
1: to start this album. Yeah, there's nothing else that could start this album. This was built to open an album. Mm, so good, but what you've got that you've got that beat going. Yeah, and it's
0: a, it's a great beat. Mm-hmm. It, it pulls you straight in, and it really just pull you in. Yeah, but then you have got. That whole horrible grating wire dripping. Yeah, it
1: sounds like I, it put me in mind of a lie detector. You know, the, the, the whatever you call it. The well, thing. It's thing really because you had to sit through one of those. <laughs> yeah, the lie detector thing where it's the, the I don't even know what you call it. Like the pen on the oh, On, on the, the graph. On the graph yeah. that goes up and down. It put me in mind of that kind really? of scratching up and down. Really? It yeah. just put
0: me in mind of somebody tearing their way through something. Because mm. that's the feeling you get. This is... This whole track really does do what it says on the tip. Mm. It's got this implied threat all the way through. Not only with the way he sings it, and he sings it, well, whispers it beautifully, and it's creepy as hell, Uh, but then you've got these weird, discordant, and I'm using that word a Mm. lot because that's a great way to describe what's going on here, because nothing's tuned, nothing's melodic, Mm. it's all designed to be grating on your nerves which is what you would feel when you're in that situation. You're uptight, you're anxious your nerves are grating Mm -hmm. and he's put that into music and it's brilliant.
1: Yes, it just it oozes menace this whole track, everything about it just is menace It does, but it doesn't say
0: Menace. No, I mean his, his lyrics are about creeping through people's house mm. and the thrill he gets out of it. But the menace is unspoken, but it comes through in the music. Yes. It's that almost heartbeat. Yeah, um, you've got that going on, and then this grating and shredding going on. Yeah, and it's it's like you can the tension is palpable mm. on this track.
1: Yeah, just oh. it, it's a genuinely scary song, I think, and it doesn't say anything particularly scary. I mean, it's creepy. The, what he's singing about but he's, I think it's just genuinely one of the scariest pieces of music I've ever heard it is
0: and the weirdest thing about this is that really wonderful xylophone solo yeah <laughs> I didn't—I never thought I would say that sentence in my <laughs> entire life <laughs>
1: Z- xylophone solo but that's
0: the xylophone's all over this album yeah who said you know we're going to do a rock album hey mm. we're going to use a xylophone <laughs> People are, go, are you mental yeah why don't you use some, some sort of tambourine as well <laughs> like, whatever it's it works beautifully and yeah. I don't understand why because it doesn't fit in with this track because yeah. you've got the heavy beat you've yeah. got this grating shredding noise Peter whispering and then this wonderful glockenspiel yeah. or xylophone yeah. or what have you some sort of bangy thing <laughs> I don't know instruments but you've got this bangy thing yeah. and it sounds beautiful but I don't quite know what it's supposed to do in this track but it works though. oh yeah it does it work adds it, uh... but there are, there are certain tracks on here with the music and we'll come to these in a bit, where the music you can almost feel is playing flip, flip sides of psychology. Mm. So, you know, you've got a tune and a drum beat and yeah. they're both saying a yeah. different thing. On this, it's there, but I don't, I don't know what it's trying to mm. say apart from driving a melody.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you think that the the brightness of the xylophone... Is trying to indicate the adrenaline that the intruder is feeling. You know, it's the blood his rushing. Happiness. Yeah, the blood rushing be, yeah. through him, through him, as the, the the excitement. As hadn't, he does, I had this. not thought that it could be his happiness. because yeah. from what Peter's
0: saying on this, it's quite clear that the the thief is getting a buzz mm. more from the people in the building knowing he's there, yeah. than from what he's like to steal. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean the German. It's all version. about it's all about the threat, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean the German version. We'll probably have a bonus episode about the German version of this album, but the German version is very much more explicit in the um, the thrill, shall we say, that he's getting. For is it? In, okay in being the intruder? I won't go any more into that because uh, yeah, it's graphic. It, no, it's just more not explicit, but it's more obvious. It's overt, it, whereas this is hinted at. That's, that's whereas the German the German, German, the German, the German translation, German, yeah. because the Ger- the lyrics on the German version are not direct word-for-word word translations. It's very hard They're to do a direct word-for-word translation. Well, word it would make sense. No. So they've been translated by somebody who speaks German, German speaker. Always
0: great when you're trying to translate something into German. Get somebody who knows
1: German. No, somebody who naturally speaks German to uh, translate it. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I assume that if you naturally speak German, you know German. Well, just you guessing. would think so. Yeah. But it's different to somebody learning German and then just doing a translation of it. Yeah, that's true. Like so, like me in school. Yeah, which is what I would have done. Yeah, that's why I got booted out of <laughs> the country. But yeah, it's this track's phenomenal. Yeah. What an opening track! This, what a this holds back sound. to
0: Genesis and the great opening m- track scheme of things, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But it's that it's that driving beat. Yeah, that just pulls you into this album. Once you've heard this track, you're not turning this album off, oh, unless you're mad yeah. or, or actually genuinely scared by it. Which is which is quite understandable because <laughs> I mean the if you actually sit down and if you've got this I I listen to a lot of music with my headphones on Mm. uh, because my wife can't stand my choices for music Mm. so when you've got this with the headphones on it's so palpable the threat you know you listen to this album with headphones on you get a different experience to listening to it with speakers yeah
1: definitely don't listen to it in the dark Trudy's (laughs) Trudy's happier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but obviously, perfect example of the no symbols. Yeah, I was
0: literally just about thinking yeah. that because symbols would not work on yeah, this. Yeah,
1: definitely not. It would be yeah. <laughs> <Completely> <laughs> yeah, I mean, do 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 Yeah,
0: completely different. Yeah, they wouldn't work
1: at all. No, but you know, but this, this is beautiful. This is brilliant, and this is fail playing on this track. Yes, it um, is. And this is the first use of the gated drum sound that Ooh. that they that, as we've said already that became Phil's signature sound basically yeah. in the, the early 80s and we hear it on the next Genesis album don't yeah, we we do and we hear it on Phil's face value which is due wouldn't to know come. about that but but apparently Phil took a tape of the drum loop that he recorded into the Duke sessions and played it to Tony and, and Mike and said this is what Peter's had me record he's, he's going to write a song over this and they both thought it was just phenomenal mm. and went with the gate drum sound on duke all of which is to come because i suppose we should explain we're not covering these albums in release order no we're covering them in we covered all the first solo albums all the second solo albums and now into the third solo albums so they'll be slightly out of release date order but they'll be in the right order for the artists are we going to do Mike and the mechanics at some point i believe that's our next album here we but on. I love this track. I think it is a phenomenally great track. Great opener. And genuinely scary. Yeah. Awesome and so, so different to anything Pete has done before yeah. with any band.
0: But again, as we said in the in the introduction to this album, mm. Pete on this
1: album finds his feet. Mm. He does. He does. But just think about it, let's put this into context as well. This is nineteen eighty. This is the opening track to Pete's third solo album. In 1970, the opening track to Genesis's second album was Looking for Someone. Mm -hmm. The difference 10 years has made, it's like music moved so fast during the 70s for some artists that there are artists now that are recording things that sound exactly the same as the things they recorded 10 years ago. Yeah, And this... You would put them side by side, is it the same man, is it the same person? It's just so different. The style of singing has changed massively. Well, exactly. But the, the fact that this is completely drum-led, yeah. and then looking for someone as great as that track was, nowhere near the same. OK. Nothing. So, shall so we move on to the next track? Let's move on to the next track. Which is? No self-control. I haven't. No.
2: to hurt you, I hate to see your pain, but I don't know how to stop, I don't know how to stop, street after street, night after night.
0: Was no self control. No self control, indeed. Again, kind of like a lot of Genesis
1: albums have mm. gone before. Second track, completely different. Yeah, but it is completely different, change of music, style, etc. But it's still very unsettling. Mm. Oh, yeah, and still <laughs> driven by a, a beat. Yeah, it, a different style of rhythm, different style of beat, but another one that fits into that, like we said before, the concept of the darker side of of human nature I suppose this mm. is this is somebody dealing with mental illness yes rather than somebody who's a, and a, a, intruding a theme which comes up again and again mm. on this album yeah definitely I mean it's no wonder I'm Ertigan said has Peter had a breakdown yeah
0: because you would think that because there's a lot of stuff in on this album where, where you think has he made this up or is this something he's been through personally
1: yeah I mean we know that Peter spent a bit of time after leaving Genesis trying to find a commune to join, so maybe he did have a bit of a mental break after leaving Genesis. Because there's a lot that...
0: of things on here which aren't necessarily about psychosis and mental illness mm. as such, more about people's difficulties, yeah. or in some cases, like an intruder, not having difficulty <laughs> expressing <laughs> yourself. Yes. yes, So So, so but this one, this is this is a great ta- track. But again, yeah. it's got that underlying feel of menace. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's. He's almost like, you know, he's telling you, I've got no self-control. Almost warning you that... It's subtly aggressive, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Passive-aggressive is is the word we... Well, no, I don't know about passive. Well, maybe not, Because there's
0: there's an underlying feel driven by the beat as well yeah. that this could change rapidly there's an yeah. aggression under there that's being just kept in check but the,
1: the way he's performing the lyrics as well it's all frantic almost like a panic attack yes you know, I've got to get some food I'm so hungry all the time uh, but it's it delivered you know Intruder is quite slow laid back whispered vocals mm. whereas this is very frantic and and you're almost picturing him sort of wriggling his hands and yeah. shaking and
0: I've got I've got written down on my notes it almost sounds like someone on the edge of a nervous breakdown mm.
1: yeah yes that's a good good way of putting it i think definitely
0: definitely mm. and the chorus the chorus it's a rage this yeah. chorus yeah i mean it's 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 shouted it's yeah. it's a real ra- it's almost like he's reached a breaking point and screaming yeah. the chorus I love yes. it. I think
1: it's a very powerful song. Yeah, I mean, and the you know these the Kate Bush's backing vocals as well on there, which adds to the beautiful counter melody mm, she does. Yeah, well, I was going to say this whole the music to this song, like you said before, some of the songs here on this album contrast. Very bright, musical. Yeah, with a very dark. And this and is this a very bright one. Isn't it is a very bright. But, the, but the,
0: the, again, the theme not. Yeah. yeah. But no. th- As you were saying about Kate Bush's uh, counter vocals on mm. this, they're almost accusing. Yeah. As, as he's going, I've I've got no self control. She's kind of going, you've got no yeah. self control. Yeah. It's that as a counter melody and a yeah. and almost a, a counter point. Yeah. Wow.
1: Another great use of the xylophone.
0: It's all over this album, yep. and it works brilliantly. Yeah,
1: and it's such a shame he's not used it before or since. But then that's what sets this album apart. It's, yeah, it's
0: classic in the yep. fact that it's a it's a it's a guy who's got his act together. Yeah, he's finally found his feet. Yeah, but he's making an album that is so standalone because it's absolutely nothing like he's done before, mm-hmm. nothing like he'll do again. Mm-hmm. And he's done the same thing with the musical instruments. Yeah. He won't use this style again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's the birth of Peter as the artist. And the death at the same time,
0: yeah. some may say. Because we'll, we'll go on to we're gonna see his later albums. Yeah. Um some may say he sells out mm. a little bit in the later mm, albums. Because they're more possibly. they're more poppy. Yeah.
1: Um but this is
0: this feels raw and personal.
1: Yeah. I mean this is not Peter the performer anymore. This is Peter the artist yes he's coming to his own and now and that's that's the best way of describing this album it's mm. almost
0: an art album yeah because of the way the, the sound is used and yeah. the voice is used and everything yeah. and you can say that about any album yes you know, they all do that but yeah. this just feels personal you can feel yeah that he put all of himself into this
1: yeah so this was the second single released from the album great single tricky well. one because <laughs> as much as this
0: is this is a great sound on this album mm. it's still a discordant sound it's yeah. still raw it's still going to grate on your nerves mm. I mean we've had so much music since then yeah. that sounded similar in the fact that it's, it's raw and beat but remember at the time mm. we were getting more pop music on yep. the radio than anything yep. and this suddenly comes on and it sort mm. of grates on your nerves to a certain extent mm. but Musically, yeah, um, you just wonder how this would have been received.
1: Well, it's the sort of thing when you've
0: got Aber on one side,
1: but you can imagine it being played on the radio because it is a very bright melody, bright musically, it's very nice to listen to. Oh, yeah, until you start paying attention to the lyrics. It's not just the lyrics, though, it's the sound. I yeah. mean, you've got that, as I said, we've got the xylophone going, mm. and it is a
0: lovely melody, but this abrupt stops and starts on mm. this, which don't fit into the standard yeah. pop formula. So you can understand why people listening to it, we go, wait, why have we suddenly changed tack halfway yeah. through this, this melody? Yeah, It's it's tr- classic prog rock, but, you know, it, is it a pop song? Yeah, well, is it...
2: Uh, <laughs> is it radio-friendly?
1: I mean, now, definitely. Back then... But he, he did get some radio play. One of the things that I found out about this track was it, it got to number 33 in the charts, and the band performed it live on top of the pop's. Wow. Well, I say live. They mined yes. to it because that's what the I was going to say that day. <laughs> yeah, but they appeared on Top of the Pops performing it. Wow. Uh, can you I can't imagine <laughs> this on Top of the Pops? You know, with the, the dancers. I mean, who who presented that episode of Top of the Pops, and what did they say about it? So that's this track. Do you want to go into the next? Track? Great track, love that one. Yeah, another I great it. one. Um, again, unsettling, but in a completely different way to Intruder.
2: Intruder. Yeah.
1: What's the next track? Start! I haven't stopped yet.
0: Oh, that will start. You <laughs> need a whole track. Is this a Kenny G moment for me? Sunfly by night. Thank you. We are doing the whole moonlight thing. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think of that one? Oh, I quite liked it. A bit a musical interlude. Yeah, that was it, wasn't it, really? Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, but... Every time I remember listening to this on vinyl, I always thought this was an intro to the next track. But it's not really, is it?
1: No, it's not. Although, on the German version of the album, they do put the two together. So, really? Yeah, so there's one less track, technically, on the German version, okay. because they just put these two together. Um, but yeah, it's fairly pleasant. Dick Morrissey playing the um, saxophone there.
0: Does it very well. Mm, it, does. well it's, it's a lovely, it is a nice tune, yeah.
1: but um, short. Yeah, it doesn't do anything other than serve as an introduction to the next track. Which is? I don't remember. Well, look at your notes. I've got no means to
2: show identification. I've got no paper show you what I am. They'll have to take me, just the way that you find me What's <laughs> gone is gone and I do not keep it down.
1: Remember, so this is one of the tracks that was played live in 1979 on the 1979 tour before they recorded it. It did get released as a single in the USA and Canada, but not in the UK. Surprised because it's a great track. Mm. A lovely piece of yodeling at the beginning there. Yeah, mm. it's. Uh, I, I used to love that when I was younger because it sounds like somebody goading somebody else into doing a wolf call, doesn't it? Mm, a little bit. And yeah. apparently, Steve Lillywhite is actually going. Go on, go on. Really, <laughs> okay. So yeah, interesting. Um, Again, though, really heavy drum beat all the way through this. It's it's the drums that drive yeah. all of these tracks that yeah. we, we, we're gonna hear on this album. But the bass comes into it in this one, doesn't it? Tony it does. Levin on this one playing the stick. Um, it's that kind of discordant drop, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and then you go. But this is a
0: great pop track. Yeah. What this was how far did this get in the charts?
1: it didn't get released in the UK so it didn't get anywhere it didn't get anywhere in the, the US no,
0: no. why because this is quite okay. obviously the, the single of the album Donald it just didn't it's probably the most accessible of all the tracks on here cause it's, it's do the, you think I think so
2: I mean... because
0: although it's because it, although it's again there's a lot of, of um, jarring hmm. music in this it's, it's almost punky hmm. in its approach yeah and at the time this was released punk was still alive hmm. if if coughing up blood yeah. it was alive yeah um, and you can imagine that this would this would find feet hmm. in places that maybe some of the other tracks wouldn't hmm. so I'm surprised they did not release this
1: possibly I don't I don't know I mean you don't remember I don't remember <laughs> um, I mean I'm not I'm not so sure it would make a good single really it just it's got a great chorus. it's got a great chorus I suppose I suppose from that point of view yeah it's this particular track has got more instruments on it than all the others put together. Mm. Yeah, and this is this is more of a traditional sort of rock song as well. There's no xylophone on this one for example. There isn't. Yeah. Um and you've, this is the one that's got Dave Gregory from DC playing on the guitar, playing on the guitar. Um <laughs> and interestingly this was the first song they recorded for the album as well. Really? Uh although the version they recorded Peter didn't really like so he re-recorded it again um, and that version has only just re- been re-released on the and Jetson compilation which came out in 2019. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard that. I thought you much. had that one. I don't have and Jetson because oh, it's very expensive and it's download only. Good enough. And I like to have a CD of people like Peter Gabriel that I like but there you go. Um, I've, got, I've got most of the tracks on it already because most of them are B-sides and things so I've got almost all of them anyway. Okay. I'll probably get around to buying it, to be honest.
0: Eventually, when yeah, yeah, eventually. you got some fair <laughs> cash, when we get some more money from this uh, podcast.
1: So it's been nice. So start there, little palate cleanser, wasn't it? Clean- it was. Cleanses your palate and then goes yeah. back into the darkness again. Back into the darkness of the driving beats. Yeah, of the driving beats. So what's this song about then? Is what's it that? about somebody with amnesia, or is it about somebody being interrogated? I th- I always thought this was about somebody being interrogated. Mm, yeah, you could read it either way, couldn't you? Really, but yeah, it's a bit. No, this is, this always, to me, it always sounds like somebody searching for an alibi. Well, it's got that whole thing about I've got no means to show identification. Mm. No papers tell you what I am. It's almost like somebody, they've been stopped at a border or somewhere, and then they get interrogated. Mm. But they're, they're fleeing something. Yeah, you, maybe. You get that
0: driving beat again. Yeah. That feels like there's, there's an underlying haste or mm. rush that needs to be completed.
1: Yeah, and it gets more and more frantic as well as the, the song goes along. Yeah. Um, he starts to sound more and more panicked and frantic and I don't remember the other thing about this of course um, Pete's vocals on this are outstanding Mm, yeah
0: it's it's, this is I think of all the tracks we'll hear on this this is probably the most iconic Mm. of Pete's vocals yeah they're really strong and it's the use of his voice you know there's lots of grunts yeah and high, high notes and low notes and or what's called singing. Yeah. Um, but but it, it just... Whenever I listen to this album, this is the one track that mm. I remember most for the
1: vocals. Yeah. And it's those sort of screams almost. Like he's
0: like being tortured.
1: But they're fuzz... They're, they're, yeah, through a fuzz box. Fuzz, right through think, a fuzz box. Yeah. So it sounds even worse yeah. than if he was just doing it. It yeah. sounds...
0: Yeah. It's a good one. I'm not sure what it's trying to say. It is a good one. But, yeah, the front... It, it as we're saying, it does sound like somebody being interrogated under duress, should we mm. say, um, but somebody who has definitely got something to hide. Well, I don't know.
1: Is it somebody who's got something to hide, or is it just somebody who we're going to talk about Biko in a bit? But obviously, Biko was taken and tortured and beaten before he died. Is this that's what's, what's happening to this guy here? He's you know he's actually he's innocent. But he's been picked up by some authoritarian regime and is being beaten and tortured. The reason he can't tell them what they want is because he doesn't know it. Well,
0: I mean, in this day and age, of course, you're, you're there, mm. you're talking
1: about refugees. Yeah.
0: But I don't get the sense that that's what it is. The fact that he cannot produce any documents mm. says to me somebody on the run.
1: Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, but, but, but besides the point, whatever this is about... Yeah. Um, it's a great track it is but is he saying I don't remember because he genuinely doesn't remember or is he saying I don't remember because he doesn't want to tell them or is he saying I don't remember because he actually doesn't know you know they're trying to get information out of him
0: I would I would say this is he's saying he doesn't remember because he doesn't want to admit mm. anything
1: yeah yeah so maybe he's not as innocent as maybe he's the bad guy maybe he is yeah. but still he's being tortured isn't he so that's always bad he shouldn't torture people no doesn't work, apparently. Are
0: you expecting me to say yes at any point and try and get me and see into some sort of trouble?
1: Try and see if you're uh, pro... I, I think you should be tortured, yes. Pro-torture. Pro-torture, that's <laughs> my stance. Yeah. No, I, that is not my stance. Yeah. It depends what you pay for, really. Well, yeah. But again, you say it would be a good single, but again, lyrically, dark, dark, dark. It's the
0: same on this album. No matter what you're, which track you're listening to, there's dark undertones and currents. Yeah. No matter how much you might bop to it, not that there's that many boppy tracks on this. It's probably the
1: most popular. I can't boppies. imagine this playing a disco. No, this, this is literally
0: the boppiest track <laughs> yeah. on here. Yeah, um, true. But you couldn't dance to it. No. Well, you could, but people are going to stare at you for hours yeah. afterwards. Nobody's going to be dancing with you. No, no, you're going to be <laughs> up there on your own, <laughs> as I have been many times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next track? Yeah, but great track again. Another great track. One of my favourite tracks on this album. <laughs> Definitely. Shall we take a look at a family snapshot? <laughs> Thank you.
0: was a family snapshot what do you think
1: I love that track
0: for me mm-hmm. this is one of the tracks on the album that I will always think of when I think of this album yeah don't know why mm-hmm. it's the piano intro is beautiful but it's again we said on the last track mm. lovely tune yeah lovely tune the story underneath that mm. not lovely
1: no so it's based on the memoirs of a guy called Arthur Bremner right um, or Arthur Bremer, one of the two um, it's basically the book, is called An Assassin's Diary and he was a man who shot a Governor George Wallace in May 1972 um, and he didn't shoot him for any political reasons, he literally shot him to get famous. Yeah, just attention grabbing Yeah, so he timed That comes across in the lyrics quite clearly Yeah, He timed the assassination so that it would hit the the early evening news in the US and the late news in Europe for maximum impact that book also incidentally inspired the film Taxi Driver. Oh right, okay. Um, obviously, the story in Taxi Driver is not the same as that, but it inspired. I forgot his name, the guy who wrote Taxi Driver to write Taxi Driver. But yeah, this was my favorite Peter Gabriel track for a long time. Yeah, mine too. Just
0: love it. I mean, when you listen to this album, as I did many, many years ago when I first. Mm. Because I wasn't really into Genesis much at the time. I liked yep. the later stuff, like Duke and that had come out. And yep. I liked that. wasn't really into the early stuff, so I wasn't a big Peter fan. This was the first Peter Gabriel album that I bought. And this was the first track that made me sit up and listen.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> now, that sounds odd considering that we've said we like the previous tracks. But at the time, the rest of it sounded so discordant and odd mm. considering the music that was around at the time. Yeah. I wasn't really getting into it. Yeah. This one came on and it
1: was more accessible well this track and the next track as well are much more traditional songs yes songs yes rather than I mean this one doesn't sound like it's been built from a rhythm upwards mm. um, whereas the others did yes but yeah this one's more more of a traditional song isn't it with piano intro build up solo end yeah and so yeah I can see why that might be that you, this would be the first one to make you pay attention. 'Cause the other ones are a bit of a barrage of, they are. of sound, the sound. The sound and emotion fury. and everything. Yeah. And then this one starts off with a nice piano intro and leads you in and it's nice and gentle before building up and you know, that, that build uh, coming around the corner, that bit when the pacing really Pace starts, really it? starts yeah. to pick up it does sound almost like an action film it does, in, in your head yeah.
0: but also it affects you, because yeah. you're listening to it and you can feel your heart start yeah. to race as you're yeah. listening to that, because yeah. it, it really does get your emotions involved
1: in the song exactly, it? yeah, and it's dun, 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 dun. and then goes into, you know you've got the saxophone playing, and the guitar playing at the same time which sounds great together mm. um and builds up And it, but it tells a great story and it's obvious what the story is about yeah. it's there's, about there's a man no, there's being no an assassin. You, i mean I, I did think it was about the assassination of kennedy i didn't until you you just told me yeah. those fat commandos um but apparently peter wanted to get that feel of you know kind of imply that that was there, but he wanted to tell the story from the assassin's point of view yeah um, Which we never really
0: got from the Harvey chance. Oswalds. did get a
1: chance, did we? No, because so he got
0: shot by Jack Ruby.
1: But yeah, and, and it would fit for that, but also it makes sense that it's not necessarily that as well. Yeah. To be fair, it, it's they don't name who's being shot, so this could mm. be literally be being about angry. any assassin. Yeah. I mean, it could be Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. The band?
0: Yeah. Okay. Being killed. <laughs> <laughs> In my dreams. Anyway. No, but, but the pacing of this, and as you said, when we get round to the... The car yeah. come around the corner, and the pacing—it's yeah. almost like a heartbeat as yeah.
1: well. Yeah, and
0: you—you you really get into it at mm. the time, but it is disturbing. Yeah, and its theme.
1: But the bit where—and I let the bullet. Fly and it all kind of stops and Stopped. goes quiet. Now the interesting thing about that is, I thought that was a great twist. Yeah, you know, it goes into the psychology and all turn quiet. Been here before. Great dramatic point. It's a brilliant dramatic point. It's oh, it emphasizes. And I
0: love the way it then switches from the mission mm. to his thinking behind the mission. Yeah, and you. This is where you get to see the psychology of the shooter, and it's it's a fascinating insight. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it was based on the, on his, his book. Yeah. Um, but it's again, it's another dark song. Yeah. And it's another song dealing with psychology. This yeah. is, like, as I said earlier, this is the theme of this album mm. almost right until beco Yeah. It's all about psychology and perspectives yeah. on something. And this is another one where we almost... S- we don't see two perspectives because we don't see the guy being shot's perspective mm. but we kind of see two perspectives of this guy because yeah. there's the one where he's the mission this is the mission this is what I'm going to do yeah. and then we switch to him thinking why am I doing this this is why I'm doing mm. this yeah. this is my raison d'etre yeah. like, this is why I'm here this is why I'm holding this gun this is is the reason I am
1: killing that person. Yeah, and we don't get that enough, do we, in society? We get the... What, killing? No, we get the, that you are bad, you've killed somebody. We don't get the underlying why they were like that. Sometimes it's not justified. You know, sometimes people are just... Brutality. Brutal, and Mm. people are just insane. But sometimes there is more to it, and we don't often get to see that side of things, and we definitely never get to see it in, in fiction. No. No. and in this song kind of provides that counterpoint
0: this is kind of more than a, a typical one dimensional story mm. we, we get to see a lot of what's going on yeah. in this guy's mind yeah. and it, it, it's it's a fascinating case study in that point
1: but it's also a great song yeah I, I mean, mean it, it wants us to sympathise with the guy who just committed a murder yeah yeah, which, that's basically what this song is which in, in essence is quite a dark thing as well yeah. even though musically again music isn't dark no not at all <laughs> it's a complete <laughs> juxtaposition to yeah. what this song's about so pff, love it but I still love this track it might yeah. still be my favourite Peter Gabriel track I don't know I've got a lot of favourite Peter Gabriels but I, this is I there. do this is definitely my top ten yeah. all time. this is just 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 as a
0: track despite the fact compared to the rest of the album it's kind of slow hmm. and it's thoughtful and whatever there was never a point where I'm going to skip over this track no.
1: You 100% no. Mm. You listen to this all the way through and you get the same... Chill. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Same chill of listening mm. to it. Because it's
0: almost like forbidden knowledge in that you shouldn't be privy to what this guy's thinking. No. You, this guy should be taken away and locked in a room forever. You should never, ever try to understand this guy's point of view because yeah. it shouldn't impact on you yeah. because you're never going to be that
1: no, twisted and that's the thing should you sympathise with somebody who's committed a murder I mean morally should you I mean no. I don't think you should but depending on who they murder I suppose
0: we look, could get into this is a long one it let's is. kill Hitler it's another one it's <laughs> another one of those isn't yeah, it, so, it is. but I would say on the whole I'm getting off stress anti-murder anti-torture. Right. That, that's my stance. So that's your stance. That's my stance. Okay, alright. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving swiftly on, the next track is the next track is and through the wires
2: staying in the shape of
1: this is the track that Paul Weller plays on. Is it? Yes. I knew you were going to tell me that at some point. Yes. So this is also the track that John Kolodna told Peter he wanted to sound more like the Doobie Brothers. And actually, apparently... Really? Apparently went through a number of different ways they could re-record it and remix it to make it sound like the Doobie Brothers. To which Peter Gabriel then went and said, I'm going to get Paul Weller to play guitar on this (laughs) and got him to play it. I can't
0: imagine how you would turn this into something by the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, no, I
1: can't either. I mean, it's a screaming, ratcheting, driving song. Is this the rockiest song that anybody in Genesis has ever done? I would say so. its I mean, even Steve Hackett's done some rocky songs, mm. but they're not as straightforward rock as this gonna say we want to clarify that when you mm. say rocky song yeah you
0: mean rock yeah. you don't mean it's a bit wobbly no okay rocky. okay wobbly songs no i words. don't mean
1: wobbly i mean it's R- rock yeah um rock rock but yeah it's it's
0: great isn't it it is a it has kind of a, a i mean I, i'm struggling to decide struggling to use words it sounds like constantly, constantly. <laughs> i don't know if it's my age or just the fact that i'm um, uneducated it could go either way yeah um I'm never sure on this one whether it's the vocals that drive this or Mm. the tune. Yeah. Because the vocals on this are so screamingly strong. Yeah. You can't dismiss the vocals. But at the same time, the beat that's following this isn't as straightforward as Mm. we've had in previous tracks. We haven't got the do-do-do-do or uh, or a great sort of rock rift carrying Mm. this through. This is lots of screaming Mm. and various beats and again it's another part where it goes quiet yeah. suddenly which we saw in the last one um i, I, I just i there's so much to love about this track
1: there's yeah. so much going on in it i just love that paul weller guitar that <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, i mean that drives it. but that isn't all the way through this track is it well it is sort of well, yeah, until until, heard, until you get to the chorus yes yeah but it's it's such a great driving track mm. but i love did you hear the cowbell I didn't know I had a cowbell. Uh, well, it's in the background. Friday night, you're staying at home. That bit. It's, is that it's the background. a cowbell? Back there, it's got a... on the cowbell. I believe it's cowbell. I'll listen for that next yeah. time. Um, <laughs> but I can't imagine this being turned into a Doobie Brothers track. I'm t- t- still trying to get my head I'm, around uh, it.
0: That, that's what's making me stumble at this point. Because mm. my, my brain is constantly working on this now, going, how the hell would the Doobie Brothers <laughs> have done this? Yeah. There's nothing doobie Yeah. That is a word. Yeah. I'm pretty right. sure that's a word. Yeah. There's nothing do, doobiesque about this. <laughs> you can't make this into a Doobie Brothers song. No. No chance. The, the, you, would, the, you would have to dismiss everything, including the lyrics. Yeah.
1: There's, there'd be nothing left of it. No. Exactly. But I'm glad they didn't even try because this, I is, this is a brilliant track. It is a brilliant track. I mean, I love the lyrics. What do you think the song's about? Because uh, I've often Not a clue. Because I think it's got two potential meanings. I think that the... the And Through the Wire kind of implies possibly there's a border between two people. And is it a love song, you know? I've always thought it's a love song, but I've always thought through the wire was not literal mm.
0: I always thought it was like down a telephone line rather than yeah, through yeah. an actual wire so it was, is it a long distance telephone call between a man mm. and his family
1: yeah it could be yeah, yeah. Friday night you're staying at home yeah I mean mm. it,
0: it could be many things I've, I've never really been able to say yeah. we should probably have looked on the internet to see what the hell this was about
1: I did there's not much around it to be honest
0: it's a great track but again what is it about? Mm. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's I think it's nice that it's ambiguous because everybody can get their own idea of what this is about. Yeah. I think you bring to this song as much as the song brings to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like I say, I, there's that potential. Is it a border between people, you know, through the wire, like the border wire? Because mm, there are or, certain elements to the song where you could get that, yeah. that feeling. Yeah. Almost... Like almost the wire around a concentration camp, almost, where people are inside and somebody on the outside, there's somebody in there that they want to get to and can't. You know, that Friday night you're staying at home because you're in a prison, basically. But yeah, or then there's the love song, and through the wire I hear your voice Mm. down the telephone line. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe it's just using different
0: kinds of wire to tell a story about different kinds of wire. Both the kind that keeps you in and yeah. the kind that lets you communicate with yeah. people.
1: Yeah, both but the sort of the contrast between the two. I suppose God, the gibberish we speak when we, we have do. no idea yeah, well, what we're, we're talking what about. We're saying, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, what that line, "The clockmaker steadies delicate hands."
0: Yeah, that was that always seems threatening to me. Yeah, me? but it, it doesn't seem like it's
1: about a watchmaker. Well, that's what I mean. It's kind of that's why. Is it about? Is it a love song about somebody talking down the wire on the phone to somebody, or is it? something more sinister. I always thought... That, that always struck me as sinister. Yeah. Almost like a bomb maker but like, rather than a watchmaker. Yeah, exactly. Or, well, you know, there's the um, barbecue parties on blood-red sands.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely about not parties. Yeah, no,
1: exactly. Mm. Barbecue, that's that's a metaphor for...
0: Yeah, that's got the clan written all over it, right? Really.
1: Well, I, I, I was going to say maybe Vietnam, you know, with napalm. Another, yes, it could
0: well and be. blood-red yeah. sands because obviously yeah.
1: a lot of Vietnam fighting was was on sandy areas yeah they did a lot of beach work beach work we? the yeah. beach work yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's
0: ambiguous maybe it's trying to tell the story of all conflicts or, whether all that, domestic yeah. or you know concentration camp yeah. type things maybe it's just talking maybe it is as we were just saying just about different kinds of wire and the effect they have on stories yeah that makes it sound really clever let's go with that doesn't it though yeah wow and (laughs) deep let's never get deep yeah nobody's ever going to accuse us of being deep no we should go to the next Ah! track before we leave we should and the
1: next track is games about frontiers joint highest single in the UK. The other one was Sledgehammer. Also got to number four. Nice. Uh, got to number seven in Canada. Um, got to number 44 in Australia. And number 48 in the USA. Wow. What do you like about
0: that track? What isn't to like? I mean, mm. A, this track is probably his best-known track. I don't care yeah. what anybody says about Sledgehammer or whatever. Yeah. This, will, this is going to be played on the radio until the end of time. Yeah. When Peter Gabriel dies this will be the track they lead with it will be yeah, yeah. Um, great anti-war song mm. I mean there's
1: no disguising what this, this track is about is, is he anti-war or is he pro-war like Steve Hackett <laughs> I, think I think he's anti-war on this one. Oh no wait we decided that steve hackett was anti-war as well didn't yeah, we yeah before steve hackett starts writing <laughs> in and complaining because we know he listens to this no, yeah i don't know so what do you what did you think kate bush was singing the first time you heard it because this seems to be a bone of contention with people they they don't know what she's saying I mean, I know what she's saying. You probably know what she's actually saying. But lots of people listen to the song oh, yeah, she's saying this, isn't she? What do people think? So what did you think when you first heard? It? I'm not going to say because you'll think I'm stupid. What do people think? So uh, various people have told me in the past that they thought she was either saying, she's so funky, yeah? She's so funky, yeah? Yeah? Right. Right. Or one person told me that he thought, she was swearing and saying that she's so effable, which I don't hear at all. Not at all. But he, I've always <laughs> heard "Just on Frontier." Yeah. Well, same. I, I've always heard that because I know "Just on Frontier" is "Games Without Frontiers" in France. I was raised at a certain time on this planet when "It's a Knockout" was on because it yes. says it at the end of it's a knockout, it doesn't does. it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the European version of It's a Knockout was just on Frontier. Yeah,
1: exactly. So that's why I, I knew so that. So that's... Yeah.
0: When when this track came out, I already knew that... that. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've never... I, d- I just thought you were going to try and catch me out there with something. I no. thought, it's always been just on Frontier, is not it? Well, that's what I'm going to say that in case it, she does say no. something like, she's so funky. Yeah.
1: But
0: which obviously she doesn't. No,
1: she's but, so funky. But if yeah. you
0: turned around there and said, no, she does say that, I would look <laughs> stupid. And you would enjoy that and make sure it goes out as the main track on this. Yeah. I would have
1: probably. post post it on social media you probably would have you've got (laughs) on facebook
0: with it and everything gary thought she said (laughs) yeah Yeah. but this is a great track and i don't think anybody's gonna uh, say otherwise no but again it's a pop track
1: yeah it's definitely a pop track yeah but the underlying message not poppy no not even vaguely pop it's not i mean it's inspired by the it's a knockout show that was on british tv at the time which is why he says it's a knockout mm. in it, um, and it, it's a knockout. Was described as school sports day for adults. Okay. Drunk adult, yeah, that's kind of a fair yep. assessment, there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Let's refer, reference the lyrics: Adults dressing up in costumes, playing silly games. For those people who
0: don't <laughs> know or have never seen, it's a knockout. It was basically teams. When it was the British, it's a knockout. It was usually a city against city, and they mm. put teams together, and they ran various races or they did games, and yeah. some some were like standard hurdles, but they were ever like foam hurdles and things. And others, they had to run and do courses, but in these massive foam outfits, yeah. and it was just hysterical to yeah. watch. And the just on frontier version was exactly the same, except it was various countries
1: yeah. teams together doing these ludicrous games. It was great fun. It's a knockout was. British institution for a oh, long time. Yeah, it was, I mean it was certainly was, still being broadcast in 1987. That got when I got Christmas specials into and stuff because yeah. it was so popular. Yeah, certainly being brought, still being broadcast in 1987 when I was getting into Genesis and Peter yeah. Gabriel, so I knew about It's A knockout. Yeah, but it's just used as a backdrop to this, just to show how ludicrous yeah. War is. Exactly. So
0: it's. <laughs> so it's about again saying, games without frontiers. You know that show you you, you like with people in ludicrous <laughs> costumes doing ludicrous things. Look at war. Yes, yeah. people in ludicrous in costumes, costumes doing, doing ludicrous, ludicrous things.
1: things. Exactly, like you say, it's it's definitely a pop song.
0: Yeah, but lyrically, it's it's not even close. There's a, there's some that. there's a lot of lot of stuff on there that's close to the bone. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's there's th- there's some lines that are still censored today when it's played on the radio. Yeah, I mean I'm not
1: going to say the line, but know yeah. But it's got you know all the different names. You know. Adolf builds a bonfire. Yeah, Enrico plays with it. Yeah, they're yeah. all in there. Yeah.
0: But it all just goes to show how ludicrous war is. Yeah, exactly. And how how you should belittle these people. Yeah, They should not be lauded or, you know, run It's Mm. it's saying, these people are just children. Yeah. And they're just doing childish things, but people
1: are getting hurt. Yeah. And you should not look up to them, because they're just spoiled children. Yeah. And uh, funnily enough, you're saying they're just children. Did you ever see the video? No, I didn't. The video was banned by the BBC. Oh, right. Um, it's basically, a, it's like a table, a United Nations, mm. and, but it's children instead of the adults. And they've got a screen on the wall and it's showing all sorts of footage of war and disasters and things like that. And the children are arguing as though they are United Nations delegates. But Peter Gabriel is kind of hovering around the table singing the song and like leaning over their shoulders and stuff. And the BBC banned it because they thought it was too creepy and that Peter Gabriel came off off like a paedophile. But they didn't ban it then (laughs) because it's more like real life. No, they banned it because of that. And so the video was not shown on the BBC. Mm. Despite that, it got to number four in the charts. Which probably explains why. Because it's a great song. It is a great song. You
0: just wonder how many people who bought it realized what it was about.
1: Yeah, but how much of an earworm is the whistle? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it is. It's everybody joins in with that whistle when it comes on. Exactly, you can't help yourself. You didn't join in. I was just enjoying your rendition. You just proved yourself wrong. I was just enjoying your rendition. (laughs) Um, But I mean, that on its own is a kind of an earworm. Even people who don't like Peter Gabriel or Genesis or anything Mm. like that will join in with that song. Well, let's be honest. So far,
0: mm. this is not a prog album. No, I think it is. I mm. think it is just because of the use of instruments.
1: But in terms of it being a progression from Peter's last album, song wise, it's not really following the sort of tenets of prog. No, it's not. It's more punk because he's ripped up the rule book and done it his own way. Yeah, yeah, I'll go along with that. Yeah. So this is not a proxy. But I think it's voice.
0: progression in its use sort of unusual instruments. Yes.
1: Yeah, I would say that I'd agree with that, but it's, it is it's not virtuoso playing, it's not it's progression from no, pro- it's, previous it's, music. If, if anything, it's minimalist playing. Exactly, but he's like I say, he's ripped up the rule book that he had for his first two albums, for his albums with Genesis, for other albums that other artists do. And he's basically rewritten everything. Yeah, but so then, in that respect it's much more like punk but this is a pop song <laughs> yeah
0: definitely and it's not the first pop song on this album no it's not but you're right in the fact that this is this is definitely he has ripped up what he's done before and mm. what he's going to do next yeah. and that is
1: I think why this album stands so alone in its yes. significance and brilliance yes yeah I mean we'll get onto more Peter Gabriel albums as we go along but this is unique I think in, yeah. in his catalogue yeah definitely um, I don't think he ever does anything like this again no but also no other artists have done anything like this no. I suppose the closest that came that's, that's come to that is Peter Hamill who was in Van de Graaff Generator and he he did similar things where he completely scrapped what he was doing before and changed I, it. I found what he did here raising yeah, <laughs> very good thank you, it took me a minute to think of that joke <laughs> but Peter Hamill never achieved the level of success that Peter Gabriel did because he was too inaccessible whereas Peter Gabriel has, has also got a commercial edge almost this song has certainly got a commercial edge which, which makes it all the more bizarre that Atlantic Records didn't want it but anybody any fool can see the potential in this album <laughs> the potential in his album yeah it's just it's, it's just mind blowing it boggles my mind your mind is pretty mind boggled is, it already was quite boggled now it's even more boggled, even more boggled than it was boggled Shall uh, we
0: go on to the next track? Yes,
1: we okay. shall. I Which do is- like that. I do like that track. I think that's an I amazing think- track. Amazing.
0: And I don't think anybody will, will say nay no. on that one. And the next track
1: is not one of us.
0: Was not one of us. What did you think?
1: That's probably my least favourite song on the album. Really? But I still like it. Okay. I think it's still a good track. What did not you not like about it? I don't know. I think it's just not quite as refreshing in terms of its style as other tracks on the album. I still like it. Um, I like its message. It's mm, sort of
0: anti-anti-immigration message.
1: Yeah, but...
0: Because it's, it's basically talking about um, intolerance hmm. and how people won't even pe- give people the time of the day because of different colour different hair yeah. different whatever different race different background different
1: clothes Yeah, and it, 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 I think it works brilliantly to, to show that but it's, it's showing you that again it's the other side isn't it it's showing you that from the people who believe that yeah because you may look like we do, talk like we do, but you do not yeah, one of us. you don't see the flip side of yeah. that at all during this. Yeah, it's so in that sense, it's very unsettling lyric again. Oh, yeah. Going back to sort of the first few tracks in the album where the lyrics are quite dark and... I think that's why mm. the, the, the music as well is almost a march Yeah,
0: it? yes. You've, you've got a, a marching rhythm. It's almost like going back to the, the, the time of the Gestapo and Hitler mm. and all that and, and that hatred that you always
1: assume yeah. comes with marching feet. Yeah. And, and it, that comes across in the music. But it's a mob mentality, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Even the you know, the chance of you know There's multiple voices. you, know, you, you may look it, like yeah. we do and it's multiples. It's going back to that mob mentality and tribalism and, and just the the hate that people there, you know, that you, you the skinheads and the the neo Nazis and things we have now not skinheads so much, but neo-Nazi groups yeah. that we have now where it's all, you know, it is that hate. And yeah. that's what it's about. But it's seeing it from that point of view. So, again, morally, we're looking at it from a side we never normally would look at. We do get a slight, if not a flip,
0: we do get, in the lyrics, um, foreign body, foreign mind, mm. not welcome in the land of the blind. Yeah. That, they're almost admitting. It's a criticism, Yeah, yeah they're yeah. almost admitting yeah. that they're ignorant and biased
1: yeah. I mean I love I love the line the safety in numbers yeah. if you learn to divide yeah. I love the play on words like you divide people yeah. into groups and then you've got safety because you're in your group they're, well they're
0: it's groups. also about dividing people yes. by
1: getting to to pick yeah people yeah. different from you yeah dividing
0: them away from you yeah and it, it's, it's nice use of lyrics it I is. love this track for that yeah. I think I think it's, it's I think this has got more of a message than Biko hmm um, yeah. we will come on Tobiko soon enough but yeah. I think the message in this hidden by a really good tune mm. um, but I think the message is strong in this one I think yeah. it's a really great message yeah. it's unfortunate that it's hidden in a driving music yeah. which almost drowns out what he's trying
1: to get across yeah I mean it's not got that contrast as it like No Self Control had yes. where you've got the very dark lyric with the very bright music this is a very martial Piece of music with yeah. a very martial, and it's lyric. only from one point of view. And it's only from one point there, of view. There's, as well.
0: there's no other opinion mm. on this. It's just this is our opinion. You yeah. can't change us, and this is how we think. And yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, which is which is true of most bigotry. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's whether it's color about uh, color, religion, whatever. Yeah. people who are bigoted generally don't
1: look at the other side of the argument. Yeah, and, but it's almost apologetic, isn't it? As well, that, that's like you may look like we do, talk like we do, but you know how it is. Yeah. you're not one of us. So. It's yeah. Just like, ah, yeah. yeah, And
0: you'll never fit in.
1: Yeah. It, it, there's nothing you can do that will make you fit in. You
0: may look like we do. Talk like, like we do. Talk like we do. But you're not one of us. Yeah. It's like exactly. you will never understand yeah. the reason why we don't like you. Yeah. Because we can't really say why either. Yeah,
1: exactly. But you're not one of us. But you're not one of us. We go, oh, yeah, yeah. you might look like we do. And we, we maybe wouldn't know you weren't one of us if we weren't told, but you're not one of us. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think... And just, there's nothing that, you can do that about That darkness, yeah. again... Which In that closed mind, the dark vein that's running through this whole album. Yeah, yeah. Even the lighter songs on this yeah. have
0: got this darkness running yeah. through. And again, we come back to what they said, Pete. Are you okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's quite clear that there's a lot going on, on this album. Yeah. And it's all. It's not all political. It's all about the mentality of people. Mm but again on some tracks we get both sides of it and this one is just one side and it's rigid and it's not flexible and it's never going to be flexible and that comes across brilliantly in in the lyrics on this it does but they are kind of washed out by the music Mm. which is too light and frothy for such a massively important Mm. argument but again this isn't an argument is it because it's not an argument it's a point of view that will never change
1: yeah exactly and I suppose it's not telling you you have to agree with this it's telling you this is what they. Th- this is what these people think. Mm. This is how it is. Yeah, and whether to you like it, it or not. Yeah, yeah. But, no, like I said, I do like this track, but it is probably my least favorite on the album.
0: Yeah, I like this track, but it, I, I agree with you. It's not one of my favorites, mm. but I do like this track. Yeah,
1: I certainly wouldn't skip over it. No, ever. No, there's, I don't I think a single track would skip on skip this album skip over. No. over.
0: It's one of his. One of the. Uh, one, it is by by a long stretch his strongest album.
1: Mm. Whoa! No spoilers, please. Let's go on to the next track, shall we? Which is? Lead a Normal Life. I've never done that.
0: Tell me, have you led a normal life? No. Okay. well, what about this normal life?
1: (laughs) Do you like this normal life? I really like this track. Really. This is just a perfect way to lead into the end of the album. So obviously it's not the last track. No. But if you'd have just gone from Not One Of Us into Biko, it would have been quite jarring and wouldn't have worked, I don't think. Whereas this, it kind of brings you back... Calms you down, and then takes you into somewhere else. How do you say that? Okay,
0: do I mean, wanna... musically,
1: I'm talking, not lyrically.
0: Yeah, musically. I mean, th- there are very few lyrics in this track. Hmm. It's it's mostly musical. Six lines of lyrics. But you know what I love about this track? The music tells the story. Mm. I don't know if this is how it's meant, but for me, this is how the music pans. Yeah. So you've got that lovely piano, mm. which is a calm. So, to me, I mean, this is quite clearly somebody who's in an institution or certainly undergoing some sort of treatment. Yeah. And I see the piano as the calm. Mm. The drugs have taken hold and they've got the calm. Yeah. And And the xylophone
1: as well, again.
0: No. Not at all. The xylophone, for me, is the underlying tension. Mm. So you've got this piano, which is the lovely, calm feeling, but Mm. underneath all that is this driving xylophone, which is like Mm. nerves grating, which is like what's driving this person this is the underlying problems mm. that you've got you've always and it, it for me this tracks sums up life and mm. the fact that even if you're not under drugs or on drugs rather you're, you've got this overlying calm which is what you give to the world mm. but underneath there's always the driving nagging something that's, that's stirring you up and driving you along and this is great in this track mm. because it shows like somebody in an institution they're being drugged up to the eyeballs yeah. And they're calm and happy and smiley. But underneath, in the background, there's this driving rage or something. Yeah. Which is summed up, in my mind, by the xylophone. Because um, it's got this driving, rhythmic beat all the way through it, mm. which, is, which is
1: almost nerve jangling as yeah. it's going along. And that, that, that's how I see this track. Mm. I mean, I think the music makes me visualise a sort of an old manor house that's been converted into a mental hospital. And you know you see them in in films like um, the end of Casino Royale where James Bond's injured and he's sitting in the in the garden okay. grounds of the house. Yes. That's sort of a house mm-hmm. rather than an actual mental institution, mm. a mental hospital. But something's been converted. And it it kind of makes me think of that. And then you know he says it's nice here with a view of the trees yes. and looking out over the woods. But he can't escape that because he's been committed.
0: I don't. I don't know if he's. I, I get the feeling that he's there under his own steam. You mm. know, it, it's his choice to be there. Yeah. Because he knows that there's that underlying pressure, mm. and he needs this help. Yeah. That's how I read it. Anyway, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Pete thinks it's about flowers or something. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I just think that, that that's what the music says to me, and that's what the great mm. thing about this track. I think the music tells a story rather than the lyrics.
1: Yeah, I think I think the music. Like I say, the music builds up to those and it's kind of, it is a quite a calming sort of musical piece up to the lyrics. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. oh, nice and calm. And then you realise when Peter sings his, his lyrics, he's not calm at all, he's been sedated and that's why it's about that, that. And then it, obviously like 30 seconds, I think, of, of lyrics on this. Yeah. You know, eating yeah. with a spoon, they won't give either. you knives.
0: You get everything you could need for the yeah. music on
1: this. Yeah. And
0: it's, it's, I love this track I yeah. think it's brilliant purely because it makes me think because you're, you're in the music and the music is telling the story yeah. you can you can, without a single word being
1: said you can feel what's going on yeah and then after the lyrics obviously it goes on for a bit longer and you've got the guitar then comes in and that kind of provides more of a a discordant almost a sort of scream not a, not a scream scream but you know an internal scream from the guitar yeah. is added to the mix yeah but you've also got the, the
0: moanings yeah. sounds in the background as well yeah. which which give you an idea of institutional life maybe yeah. I don't know never having been institutionalised <laughs> despite what a lot of people say <laughs> despite what a lot of people might wish <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah it's, it's a lovely piece of music
0: yeah it is and it's, it's, a, thinker's, it is. it's a thinker's piece of music it is.
1: it is and I think you're right I think the music itself tells you the story of yeah. what's going on And yeah, I love it. I think the the the
0: few pieces of vocal work on this just punctuate what you already thought. Mm, Just confirms it, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. This is lovely.
0: I I love this track. I think it's probably one of my favourite tracks on this album Mm. for the fact it evokes an image in your mind Mm. and a sense of how it feels just because of the way the music's put together. You Mm. can almost put yourself in the mind of this person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is he in a straitjacket, do you think, or is he just sitting in a chair watching think out, the way, out the window? I think he's just the out his
0: board, yeah. sat in a chair looking out the window, yeah. hoping his troubles go away. Yeah. That's that's what I get. Yeah. That's where I want to be in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but there you go.
1: Yeah, love that track. Love this track. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And then, of course, the next track the biggie. beat <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: The biggest track in the It is, it is. I, I mean, it's probably the biggest track of Peter's career. It is, and we're going to argue about this. Are we? Yeah, I know we are. Because mm-hmm.
0: you're going to love it, mm. and I'm not. Oh no. Yeah, I'll tell you why yeah. I don't love it for a start. Okay. And then I'll tell you why I do love it. Okay. Because it's it's a fifty fifty thing, right? Yeah. I laud the statement mm. and the meaning behind this, yeah. and the story it's telling, and it. Does tell a very important story. does, yeah. I mean, Steve Biko was beaten to death, for God's sakes, by Mm -hmm. by this. You know, there's no police force in the world that gets a smile when it's called security force. Yeah. Uh, It just conjures up. That's not the kind of guy you ask for directions in the street, is it? (laughs) No. So, I mean, and it really kick started, you know, the anti apartheid movement in in Africa, which was already rising at this point. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 20,000 people went to this guy's funeral when he was killed. And, the fact that he's done this song about him, it brought him to. A, I mean, as we were saying earlier, the guy at NR Records, yeah. um, John Kolodna... when he sat down with Peter, one of the things he said was, "No Americans going to want to know about this African guy." Mm. And you think, talk about understating something, <laughs> yeah. missing the point. But, yeah, you know, the, fair enough. It, it was it was almost happening at the time yeah. that this was, this was out. It was only a couple of years previous that this has happened, mm-hmm. so maybe they didn't know. But the point is. This is a very important message. Anything you can do to spread that message is great. However, the reason I don't like this, it's overly repetitive, Mm. overly long at six minutes, Mm -hmm. and a bit dull. I really, really applaud the message. I do so much because it's a vital message. But I don't necessarily like the song.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's using that technique that Peter said he did, for example, of rhythm. I mean, there's not a lot of other instruments on no, this. Again, this tram, minimalist. It's mostly drums, a mm-hmm. bit of guitar. That's about it, really. But I just think it is one of the most powerful songs ever written in terms of the impact it had at the time. I don't doubt that. Because yeah. you know, the whole of the you know, there were tours and everything of anti-apartheid tours mm. and everything, and it all kind of kicked off by this song. So. For Peter, this this is the most important song of his career. I mean, Steve Biko's death and the,
0: the rising up around the world, mm. and that's really what made people start to actually give a damn about apartheid. Exactly, yeah. Before that, it went on, and you just didn't, it wasn't this country. You yeah. don't bother about it. Yeah. Let them get on with it. Yeah. And this is where the world turned around and went what? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, you do what now? Yeah, and, 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 it, and songs like this help raise the world's attention exactly. to these, this struggle. Exactly. So, you know, kudos for that. Mm. But it doesn't mean I, I particularly enjoy listening to it. See, it's okay. also, sorry to interrupt you again, because mm. you know I don't often interrupt you. No, hardly ever. Hardly ever. It never happens. Um, again, I think this is a break from this album. Yeah. Because everything else on this album has been about emotions, feelings, states mm. of mind. Yeah. And this is a political statement. It's, yes. It sticks out like a sore thumb on this album for that. Because mm. there's, there's no point of views being put forward for this other than the anti apartheid point mm. of view. Whereas everything else is a mental state record. Yeah. This isn't. And it's, for me, it kind of ruins the album on that point. Mm. I know that's a sacrilege because people love this track. But I don't think it fits in on this album. It fits in at the time, mm. but it doesn't fit in at this album. See,
1: I, I like I said before, I do think this fits with the theme, because this is talking about something that is a dark aspect, something that's dark and wrong that humans are solely responsible for it's just not an individual that he's talking about he's talking about an institution Estate. basically a state mm. um so i think it does fit from that point of view but i think you know the the embrace here of the, the tribal rhythms and the uh, zosa oh, i don't know how you say it actually i think it's zosa language okay and where you know yila yeah you know that that means come spirit and it's it's something that people people chant at funerals, Yila Maja, Yila Okay. The fact that he's doing that, he's using that side of it to criticise the state. I think that's that's the contrast that you're after. For me, that's okay. what creates the contrast. He's using the language of the oppressed to criticise the oppressor. Okay, I hadn't thought of that. And using it and, and taking that one incident, the death of Steve Biko, which, you know, this isn't the first song that used Steve Biko's death as a theme there are others I can't name them off the top of my head but I'm doing research with the album there are a few others that talk about Steve Biko but this was the most um, not commercial but the most sort of visible one the most the one that people listen to most because popular? it was by such a popular artist um, and that's why I think it's, it's important but I do love it I just You've talked about the repetition, which I I kind of understand, but it's that martial drums again. Yeah, again, it's it's almost a march, isn't it? Yeah. But a march for freedom rather than a march for oppression. for oppression. oppression. Yeah, but I like the fact that the lyrics, they move from... You know, it starts off with despair. Mm -hmm. September 77, Biko dies. It moves into more sort of hope. You know, you can light a candle, but you can't put out fire. Yeah. You know, this is... you've you've started this you can't put it out now this is inevitable and then it moves on to a more sort of well that's more defiance isn't it than hope and then it moves on to kind of a hopeful thing at the end where the the idea is this is going to burn and and move on and everything's going to change which it did yeah, took a, took a while, but took it a while, did. but it got there. It got there, and I just think that the, the way that, that flows through the lyrics, which is a shame, really, music's all coming back, slowly. So, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, as you receive exactly. the news from around the world. Yeah, exactly. It's it cycles, though, isn't it? Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I I I like it. It's not my favorite on the album. Is it not? It's not my favorite on okay. the album. No, I, but I do like it, and I do think it fits with the theme of the album. I like it, but I don't it's not a
0: great track mm. it's an okay track I still despite what you've just berated me with <laughs> um, I still don't think it fits well on this album musically or thematically yeah but yeah I'm, no, uh, good track mm-hmm. I'm not sure it should be on this album should be there at the time mm-hmm. by all means I mean if it hadn't been on this album and it had been released as a single it yeah. probably died yeah. so the fact that it's on the album had probably helped yeah. because it was if you bought the album you got it yeah. you could avoid the single if you didn't want to mm. so it was it was one of those probably probably one of those things where you heard it you heard it you heard it and it's like an earworm mm. eventually you go yeah, you know Apartheid is wrong yeah. because Let's not forget, apartheid was going on for many years mm-hmm. and everybody just turned a blind eye yeah. because it was somebody else's problem. And then people put
1: songs like this out there and suddenly everybody was aware of it. Yeah, I mean, I can clearly remember being about probably no older than 10 and watching the BBC News and then doing a piece about President F.W. de Klerk, who was the president of South Africa at the time, humanising him... <laughs> talking about how he was a family man and he did this and this and this and this, and this is one of the guys who' was directly responsible for enforcing apartheid yeah. what well, they did that a lot with the B exactly I so
2: mean,
1: it
0: depends who your state is yeah. in line with as to the news you yeah. get and that's that's
1: relevant today as well so it wasn't just the fact that we were turning a blind eye to these things happening mm. we were actively covering them up yeah and yeah. ignoring them and making it out as if they weren't actually happening. So I think this song and the movement it started was instrumental in changing all that. Changing the world. Changing the world. So this song changed you know, changed South Africa, where it was banned, funnily enough. Weird. Weird. <laughs> I wonder why. Mm. Um, and the, the thing that amazes me most about that, not that it was banned, but that amazes me most about the song and the p- impact it had on society... So, Peter wasn't going to release it originally. When he finished recording it, he didn't know whether to release it and had almost decided not to bother. Mm. And then his friend Tom Robinson, the musician that we've spoken about in the past, yes. persuaded him to put it on the album. And he wouldn't have put it on the album if it wasn't for that. <laughs> you know, It could so easily have not happened. Literally, an album that changed the world. Exactly. Well, a song that changed the world. Yeah. I mean, it, it might. If you take it to it, it's. Extreme apartheid might never have ended. So, whether you like this album or not, you can't ignore
0: its importance. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. That that brings us to the end of all the tracks on this album. It does. So, shall we roll into what we think of this album? Let's roll on down. Peter Gabriel's third album, or Melt? Yeah. What did you think, Simon? A masterpiece, wasn't it though? Or yes, was it in fact an album or a study in psychosis? Well, it can be both, I think. But it's, it's. I think it's probably Peter Gabriel's most frank album, hmm. from the point of view of not only from his uh,
1: musical originality.
0: Yeah. But I think perhaps a glimpse into his psyche as mm. well. Quite
1: possibly, yeah. I mean, he's often said that he doesn't he doesn't do drugs. He definitely doesn't do drugs. He's always said that. Um, maybe he doesn't do drugs, but mm. looking at some of these tracks, maybe he should. <laughs> maybe um, because some of these almost seem personal, don't mm, they? They do. I mean, he's not been committed to an asylum. He's not you know, not really, as far as we know. Um, but it really hits the nail on the head when it comes down to describing that experience. Yeah,
0: very, very... A lot of the tracks are very emotive for yeah. various reasons. Yeah, Whether they scare you, whether they make you feel about... You see inside this person's mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just see a different point of view yeah. in the world. But they're all, they're all very emotive, all yeah. of these songs. None, yes. of, none of the songs are drab pop songs. No. Even the ones that seem like drab, drab pop songs... Mm very emote some emotion or feeling from you
1: yeah there's something there's an underlying current yes an undercurrent isn't there there's an undercurrent to this whole album that's why I think it's a masterpiece because it's one of the best albums ever made in my opinion it's certainly the most original sounding it's a perfect combination of like you say that Dark side contrasted with the the bright pop style of music, but Ooh. it's original. It's completely original. There is no other album that's like this by any other artist. No, we people keep, have tried and failed. To we do get this. to hear the
0: the use of like what we'll say the scraping of wires and yeah. things to get a, a chilling sound to certain tracks. Yeah. You were saying it's almost punk in some of its yeah. aspects of the way the music's arranged mm. and the way it's delivered to you. Yeah, because it's fo- so quite a lot of these. It's forced at you. <laughs> yeah. It is almost an experience listening to some of these tracks because yeah. of the, the, the bare beat of yeah. some of the tracks and how some of the instruments are used mm. I mean it's very in your face Yeah, definitely. I mean Intruder for example you start, <sighs> well. that beat starts off you're drawn in but it's pushing against you this yeah. beat and then you've got this chilling underlying theme mm. and it, it's really creepy as hell but
1: that comes across so well in the music. Yeah you've got the aggression of the music, you know the actual aggression of the music with the kind of the Almost passive aggressive delivery of the vocals yeah. in that case. Yeah. But it's just, I think it's his most important album. I agree. Apart from the fact that I think it's one of the best albums ever made, hands down. It, this would be in my top five albums of all time.
0: Yeah, I mean, this the one. first two albums they were good they were good but you could say they were building something yeah. and you can see in this album a lot of the stuff he used in them where mm. he was experimenting yeah. and they come to fruition in this yeah. and he's
1: and really down his
0: feet they are so well yeah. I mean there's, n- there's not a misstep on this album no not one misstep nope. even the tracks like Biko, which I didn't particularly like mm. it's you know it's still a great track Yeah, even if it's just for the message yeah. but it's still a great track yeah. and deserves your attention but every track on this album deserves your attention. Yeah. There's, not a, there's not a miss there. Yeah. There's not one you'd flash over thinking, ah, oh, I'm not
1: fond of that one, I'll just go yeah. over
0: it. You will listen to every track on this album. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And he's not going to do another album like this. No, no. he's He's gone
0: we will we'll talk about this but yeah. I, I personally think he's gone too commercial even though mm. he hasn't gone commercial do you know what I mean yeah he's, he, he hasn't gone commercial because there's no way you could say his later albums
1: were commercial <laughs> no I mean certainly the next album is definitely not a commercial
0: but but they have gone commercial in their sound yeah. some of them so, yeah. so I mean it's like this is probably Peter Gabriel at his rawest And most sincere, and Hmm. we probably see Peter Gabriel as Peter Gabriel. Yeah, he's most honest. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: In terms of of him, Um, he's experimented on his first couple of albums, but he's not experimented with sounds so much as with genres. Yes, exactly. Whereas in this album, he's completely. Oh, it's all going to be based on rhythms rather than melodies. Yeah, and then I'll build the song on top of the rhythms. Whereas before, I imagine he was doing the melodies and building the songs in a traditional, traditional way. Yeah, but this is this is all of these
0: tracks on this album do sound like they're from this album. Yes, so you you wouldn't think, oh, is that off the previous one? Or mm. No, you know they're all off this album because they some of them sound different. They all sound alike in a certain way. They've yeah. either got the driving drums or a driving beat, yeah. all either in the way of a heartbeat or martial mm. stamping. Yeah, you know, it, it's all it's all there and. Uh, I, oh, this, we could go on about this album for the next 20 yeah. years and it feels like we indeed have <laughs> we probably have at this point but not. this is this is, I think probably of all the albums we've done so far mm-hmm. this is probably the most important yeah in the fact that none of none of it doesn't have Beaker with an important message yeah um, I think this is probably one of the most frank and honest albums mm. that we've ever heard yeah because you can feel the personality of the person behind it and yeah in not only the way that the lyrics are on the type of songs, but mm. in the arrangement of the music. Yeah. It's almost like you're getting access to Peter Gabriel's soul yeah. on it's this like album. The
1: portrait of an artist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Couldn't put it better. Yeah. And and the I will do if you edit it properly. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> and the the album cover kind of emphasises that as well it does like it? you're putting like, away the mask yeah, exactly. You're seeing underneath. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's melting away yeah. to reveal the inner spirit or the inner Peter Gabriel. Yeah. But yeah, absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Will not be bettered. I'm um, spoiler alert here. I don't think this is bettered. Uh, I'm not sure if it's my favorite Peter Gabriel album, <laughs> which might sound like a weird thing to say. I know what you're saying, yeah. But because it's so dark, it's difficult to to put it up there as as this is my favorite Peter Gabriel album. And, you know, musically, this wasn't the first Peter Gabriel album I listened to. This was the second. Okay. Yeah. Um, as long-term listeners will know, I got into Genesis f- through Invisible Touch and then Foxtrot, and from there I started exploring the solo categories as well as the band. Yeah. And the first album, naturally, that you would look at after Invisible Touch is so. <laughs> so that, for me, is always going to be my favourite album. Spoiler alert. Yeah.
0: I, I like that yeah. album as well. There are a couple of tracks on there not so much my favourite. Yeah.
1: We will come to debate
0: that, but that at some yeah, point.
1: That's more because of the memories associated with the discovery. Than with the music it's and the songs itself. But this is the album that I, I listen to yeah. next in Peter think, Gabriel. I think terms. people
0: flash a wo- around the word iconic easily. Mm, yes.
1: But this is I, yeah, iconic. It is. it is. It is. Definitely. I mean you talk about influential albums and this isn't an influential album. No. It's not. Because no. you know It has nothing nobody's done one like it. No, exactly. But So it hasn't influenced anybody in the way to do music. Yeah, I mean, other than that gated drum sound, which influenced a lot of things yeah. in the '80s, yeah. but that was more because of Phil yeah. than Peter. Yeah, but it's still one of the best albums of all time. I agree. I think it deserves its place in music history. Mm. If we were still doing the chart, I wouldn't have a clue where to put
0: this. Number um, one, obviously. Well, <laughs> I don't think I would because it's m- maybe not my favourite album of all time. Yeah, it certainly isn't. But you can't deny its importance, no. and you can't deny its impact. Yeah. on careers, and you can't deny the beauty of its openness yeah. from Peter Gabriel. I mean, as I said a while ago, you're seeing this man's soul mm. here. If not, you're not seeing what he thinks. Yeah, but he's put his soul on the line with this album. We're seeing aspects yeah. of people, but he's singing it and playing it so soulfully. Yeah, you know it's coming from within him, yeah. even if it's not what he means. You know, it, he's not an intruder, and he's, he's <laughs> not. But he's he's telling all these these stories and things from the heart mm. and that comes across so well in yeah, all this
1: it does and uh, look at the other albums that Genesis related that were released in 1980 mm-hmm. you know you've got Duke yeah as much as we love that album we do we did we still do it's not a massive change for Genesis no Spectral Mornings mm-hmm. came out around that time and again that's a good album yeah but it's not world changing no And then Small Creeps Day, Mike Rutherford, which, again, is a a great album. album. Very underrated, and I certainly underrated it until I listened to it again. Yeah, I loved it. But it's not a huge change, whereas this one is. Yeah. But it's
0: it's not so much that. And I don't want to keep this going on any longer, because people are already asleep. (laughs) Um, It's iconic for many reasons, but purely, if anything, because you're seeing a musician find themselves with this album. That there's not another album he does
1: mm-hmm. that will be so Peter Gabriel yeah, as this one exactly, good. So we love the album. We love this album. Buy it, listen to it if you haven't before. If you haven't, you're in for
0: a trip. Well, you've heard quite a lot of it. Yeah, uh, you've heard some clips it? of it in this. Yeah. But yeah, you can't you can't mm-hmm. load this album enough.
1: No, definitely not. So good. That's so this album. That's this album. Our next album. Our next album will be from 1985, and that is the Mike and the Mechanic. Album, which is the first album by Mike and the Mechanics. So, if you're listening to this when it's released, get your feedback about Mike and the Mechanics to us. Revelation podcast at gmail.com is our email address, or you can send it to us on Facebook. Find us on Facebook at Revelation Station. If you want to donate to the running of the podcast, you can donate at the price of a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Just search for Revelation Station, or you can join us on Patreon and pay a pound a month for bonus episodes and episodes a week early. Sounds like a deal. It is a good deal. Mm. I must admit,
0: I'm looking forward to the next episode because I haven't heard any Mike and the Mechanics, I don't believe.
1: Well, you are in for
0: a treat. You, am I there Yes. Okay, I'll take you word for that.
1: <laughs> um, but yes, so that's going to be our next episode. Join us soon. We look forward to that and we look forward to seeing you in a very uh, short time. Yes, uh, thanks very much and I hope you enjoyed that episode.
0: a was it? I can't believe you want to talk about music at a time like
1: this. Like what? We got away from the natives, didn't we? That's a good point. Uh, uh, sorry, it's these shorts. They're near Gentlemen, we have, how you say, company. Company? N- no, I know how you say it. I'm saying, we have it. Oh, oh, I see them, coming up fast behind us. How on earth did the natives get aeroplanes? I don't think it's the natives... How would you know? Are you an expert on natives now? Natives? I don't even know where we are. Don't worry, mes amis. I know some, how you say, manoeuvres. Manoeuvres? Stop that.
0: You know what I mean.
1: They're firing at us now! Oh, I wondered what all the bullets were for. I know they're firing at us, you idiot. Turn, Jack, turn! I am... But they're very fast am I playing it, how you say, very slow. Don't you dare say it. I wasn't going to. Very slow. You must be able to do something. Well, there is one manoeuvre I could try. I don't know if it will
0: work, but I have been waiting my whole life
2: to try it.
0: Just do it, you mad Frenchman. Okay, hold on to your, how you say, Lunch! lunch. Ah!
1: Was that it? A left turn? Well, it's less impressive when you say that last. Oh, no! I've been shot! This is it for me, Ms. Emmy. It is getting very dark, and I seem to be leaking red wine. That's not wine. I know. (coughs) We had some good times, yes. I mean, we've only just met, and
0: we've been shot at, and we had to do a podcast, so no...
1: Don't be so insensitive. He's dying. Give him succor. I'm not doing that. Comfort you, idiot. Give him comfort. You insensitive buffoon. Now wait a minute. I'm not any kind of primate. It's it's growing dark. Goodbye, Papa. It's hard to die when all the birds are singing in the sky. He's gone. That's so
0: sad. Sad. Sad! We're at 15,000 feet in a shot-up aircraft and our pilot's dead. It's a little more pressing than sad. Uh, can you fly a plane? Well, now that you mention it... Yeah? Have you ever heard me say, Simon, I've just off to the aerodrome to fly around in my plane? Well, no. I just thought I'd ask. Well, don't. Look, how hard could it be? If a Frenchman can fly a plane, I'm sure a good British chap can. We're full of pith and vinegar. We can master it. Full of what? You heard. Look, if I pull on this, we should go up. Doubtful. That's the handbrake. Right, right. Just checking we're paying attention. Then it must be this one. We'll have to pull it up really slowly and carefully. This plane is pretty badly shut up. If we pull up too fast, the wings might rip to shreds. At least the engine is still running.
1: Bugger. You had to say that, didn't you? Hold oh, me? Get lost! We found our bodies in the twisted wreckage of this plane. I don't want to find mine holding yours. I'd like to go out with some dignity. We're losing altitude. Yeah!
0: <laughs> Simon Simon Are
1: you okay, Simon? Yes, I'm fine, thank you, Susan. What? Are you all right? We just crashed in a plane. What do you think?
0: Uh, Hey, uh, do you hear voices? Maybe it's a
1: rescue party. Maybe, but... But how would they know where to find us?
0: Ah, gentlemen, there you are. There we are? Yes, we have been looking for you. Victor wants to see you. Did you shoot down our plane? It was not your plane. It belonged to a Belgian pilot named Christophe. I think you'll find it was a Frenchman named Jacques. I'm afraid not. On your feet,
1: please. It does not pay to keep Victor waiting. Victor? Who the hell's Victor?
0: Put them on the truck. You have been listening to the Revelation Station Podcast, written and performed by Simon Heldridge and Gary Starr. But mostly Gary Send any feedback to Podcast at gmail.com Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time. This has been a Revelation Station Podcast.
1: Dammit, production. I'm buffering. Buffering. (laughs) I'm buffering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've not nothing else to say about that, to be honest. Mm. (laughs) Okay.